It's not a man purse, it's called a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escapism. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Oodles. Like Judd Apatow, I'm here to direct my colleagues to record a concise and well-paced bit of entertainment. This is going to be three hours long. (laughs) (laughs) Joining me today, like Paul Rudd, he doesn't age. He looks exactly like he did last year. It's Stig. I'll take that. That's a nice one. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. Kristen Wiig, Amy Schumer, Tina Fey and Sarah Sarah Silverman have a lot in common with her. Yeah, that's right. They're talented and extremely annoying. It's candy. <laughs> They're also funny and I'm not. You are. You're very funny. G- Gerard Dupedou once looking. said... Oh, you ruined him. <laughs> you ruined him. Gerard Dupedou once said, Vier juste aller. In English, I'm sure you can guess what that says. It's big eh? H to uh, Good and tug. <laughs> And he's back from his experience last week. Bruce Willis, Yul Brynner, Ross Kemp, Dwayne Johnson, Patrick Stewart and Samuel L. Jackson all have two things in common. Extremely funny and bald. It's Gadget. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Although Yul Brynner, that, that, you're pulling that one out of the air. Fucking hell, mate. He was hilarious. <laughs> he was. <laughs> and incredibly so, bald. <laughs> oh, pff, almost like a bowling ball. Before we get into the show, please consider becoming one of our sexy, incredibly cool patrons. Help us divide and conquer the podcasting world. Details are in our show notes, but mainly check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content and links to everything we do. Check out our YouTube, too, and don't forget to review the show. Do you know what, guys? Mm-hmm. We have to stop this show here, because you know what I need? What do you I need? I really, really need. I need some biggest breaking news! <laughs> Just the same look on your face as when you need a poo. I know. <laughs> you may already know, but he doesn't, because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News. Microsoft wants Sony to divulge confidential business details in an FTC lawsuit subpoena issued. It means Sony may be forced to reveal confidential information on its future plans it would likely prefer to keep quiet. The subpoena was issued on the 17th of January with a response date of the 20th of January, although this has been extended until the 27th for Sony to move to limit or quash or otherwise respond to the subpoena. It comes as part of the United States government's Federal Trade Commission suing to block Microsoft's $69 billion US dollars acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which claims it could suppress the competition. So seeing as we're recording this on the 29th of January, do you have an update to the story? <laughs> Does <No>. it fuck? <laughs> it's getting but It will happen next Sunday with more breaking news. <laughs> this is this is just corporate espionage at this point now, isn't it? Well, it, it All it, this it, Activision it, thing was just for them to find out what Sony's getting up to in the next few years well, no, this so is, they can topple them. No, this is, this is more of a fuck around and find out thing because Sony wanted to block the acquisition of Activision. And like Microsoft mm. appeared to have been doing it in in um, 
in, in, you know, with good intentions, you know, we say, no, you'll still get Call of Duty. You'll still get da, 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 all that, you know, that all that will still happen. And Sony are like, no, 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 you can't have this, can't have this. So they're like, right, fine. Tell us why not. And that's why it's doing this. It's like, you want to play this game? We'll play it with you. So fine. Let's I mean, knock the shit law out of wise, Law-wise, wouldn't they only get access to Sony of America's information, not Sony Japan? It, I, I, Surely. I, well, Surely. Japan Studio does Two separate exist. entities, isn't it? Yeah, but Japan Studio doesn't exist anymore. So I think, I think uh, not Nintendo, uh, Sony of America, I think they run the PlayStation side of the business. They have been for a long time, haven't they, really? Yeah, if you think about it. Most of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've probably got all the secrets. They know where all the bodies are buried. Oh, Ralph. This has been going on a long time now, hasn't it? What, like at the best part of a year? Mm. Yep. Yeah. They want their heads knocking together. <laughs> Just let Microsoft have them. You've got loads of exclusives. No, they don't. That's the problem. Sony do. Sony, Sony do. Yeah. No, na- neither do. Na- neither doing anything anyway. Let's be real. The, all, this, all this lawsuit stuff's pulling away from games coming out, in my opinion. It's doing my head in. Oh, I mean, at the moment, for example, it is. Yeah, mate. I mean, it's Console Wars Part you, Two. If you play Modern Warfare Two at the moment, you get a, an extra bonus of like twenty five percent XP because you're a PlayStation owner. So I mean, Sony have already been tweaking things with the deal they had with Activision. So it's only going to flip, and then in the future, Xbox owners are going to have all these bonuses. While Sony PlayStation owners will have to wait, or not have that sort of oh, thing. I don't know happen, what I'm going it? to have to... Oh, I'm so angry. Uh, I'm not. All these little sneaky things are going to appear <laughs> in the future. I can't get two fucks about this. None of this yeah. is... Oh, I mean, it is news. I'll give you that. It is. Next. It's been delivered. <laughs> World of Warcraft lead departs Blizzard in a protest at forced employee ranking policy. He said, I can't participate in a policy that lets ABK steal money from deserving employees. Policy in question states that managers and blizzards are obliged to give low developing rating, something that can impact an employee's financial status, future promotion potential, to a certain percentage of its staff in order to meet a quota laid out by parent company Activision Blizzard. It's bullshit. Now, stated, this, this, this way of reviewing people happens all over the place. Every mm. fucking big company I've worked for has done this. Same. You, you have 5% of people who are underperforming, you have 90% of people who are performing, you have 5% of people who are overperforming. That's just the bell curve of people in a big business. Yep, I don't, this is normal. Yeah, this is normal. This is, like, uh, Every company I've worked for, uh, the company Oodles works for, everybody does yep. this. <laughs> I don't know. This is absolutely bog-standard normal capitalism. <laughs> That's what it is. Is, is this Bur- a thing that Birmingham. doesn't happen in America or something? Like, it must be. It must be. <laughs> Birmingham went on to observe that this sort of policy is unhealthy in the workplace. It encourages competition between employees, sabotage of one another's work, (laughs) a desire for people to find low-performing teams that they can be best-performing worker on, and ultimately erodes trust and destroys creativity. This is why you should never, ever, ever trust a colleague. They will always (laughs) grass on you. Always. (laughs) Fucking hate the lot of them. I'm looking at all of you. That's why Stiggy had points deducted during the Christmas quiz, if you remember. This is what I mean. This kind of thing is... I, I, it might be a European thing for all we know, Gadget, but this seems to be such a normal thing to my head. The, I'm like, what? This the, is not news? This is, this is, this is it. The only, the only way I can understand this guy kicking off about it is if they were applying this kind of bell curve to each sub-team, like each individual team of developers. Yes. So like, that's it, ridiculous. So like if you're doing it over 10 people, then yeah, that's obscene. 
if you're doing it yeah. over 100,000 people, however many people work for Activision Blizzard, then sure, that's yeah. just, you'll naturally <laughs> that's have, just how it is. you'll naturally have five to 10% of people underperforming because that's just how people work. You know? Yeah. It sounds yeah. callous, and, and it and sounds a good callous co- to say, I'm not, I am not defending Activision Blizzard oh, in any way, shape or form, but trust me, I am a manager. I have done this shit. I have had to argue people up from that low tier. And yeah. it's just an unfortunate reality of working in large companies. It's same, like, what what we do, like, the underachievers, we use them as, like, a springboard to get them to a certain level of competency. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We focus more on the underachievers than the overachievers currently because surely that's what a good business should do. They should, like, leverage all that, all that cost into the underachievers in a weird way to get them to be good. You want everyone to be good. But how do you the pay grades if people are... All the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it don't exist. No. <sighs> Boring. Next. <laughs> well, this really surprised me, but apparently Far Cry 7 and Far Cry Multiplayer are reportedly in development at Ubisoft. Who would have thought? No way. <laughs> wow. Is this news? <laughs> Ubisoft doing a sequel to one of their franchises. I don't believe it. Shocked. Biggie, Where did you get this information from? Insider trading? <laughs> Biggie, oh, breaking fuck. news. The sun's going to rise in the morning. No oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> apparently they're going to be using the new, um, well, not new, Ubisoft Snowdrop engine, um, which was used Can't for wait. Avatar. And uh, Division was really good. Oh, let's have a, let's have a get, let guess there. Where's it going to be set? Where do we think this one's going to be set? Uh, Russia. Japan. No, it, 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 I, I think they will double down on just like some kind of quasi-American place. I think because I think five was their most, well no five was their Mexico. most popular for a while so I think they'll either do somewhere like another kind of Montana or yeah, maybe something Central America or Central Scotland. America Florida put them in Canada fl- now nah, put them in Florida <laughs> oh, yeah. like on the bio with the yeah fucking, of a, of a, oh yeah I'm kind of into that Ooh, Florida Florida <laughs> would be a good one Florida sounds like a good place because there's so much yeah the keys do. all the keys yeah and and the swamps. Yeah. The Gators and the crazy Floridians. Yeah. It's the crazy Floridians yeah. I want. Like, like, because yep. like, you, you had that kind of um, cult leader in five who was supposed mm. to be very charismatic and like a mix of a little Joseph. Like, yeah, Joseph, that was. He was supposed to be like a Jim Jones kind of guy. Imagine, oh, if, yeah. Imagine if you had a leader of some kind of fucking, um, the, these kind of arch Christians that are trying to take over America right now. <laughs> it just becomes, it's like they, they could become the full Yal Qaeda. You know, <laughs> yeah. they want to commit ter- terrorist acts in the name of Jesus. <laughs> mm. This is what he wanted. Exactly what he wanted. It's very known in the Bible. There's a whole there's a whole anarchist cookbook in there that gets cut out every time it's printed. Exactly, exactly. Jesus. Let's not forget he did he did go to America that time. Yeah, and Jesus loved a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He turned water into Molotovs. <laughs> Next. Uh, Last of Us has set new HBO record for the largest week two audience growth as episode one surpasses 18 million viewers. Deserved As it. reported by Variety, combination of official figures and data, um, a viewership of 5.7 million on HBO and HBO Max for The Last of Us second episode, which marks a 22% increase in the premiere's 4.7 million viewers. That number doesn't take into account figures outside of the US. It has already been renewed for a second season. Good. Mm. Being superb. 
It's fucking yeah. brilliant. Good. It's been amazing. Do you see they yeah. they put the episode one on YouTube as well? Yeah. Mm. Good yep. move, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also good. put they also put the price of Now TV up the same week. I think yeah. I, th- I, th- <laughs> I think the price of HBO Max went up as well. Mm. well I think I saw somewhere like. For it. <laughs> so Did, didn't the um, people start buying the game again? Like, oh yeah, yeah, three hundred percent uplift. The game shot up in popularity back in the chart. Yeah, I did. Oh, you yeah, did. Gonna, <laughs> I've got literally I've installed it again. I've installed it again. Uh, clips on TikTok saying my girlfriend didn't know, didn't know the game, so she's asked me to play through it like, while she watches. So there's like loads yeah. of people like replaying it through while they look. Like other halves who didn't experience. I can't wait uh, for the girlfriends it. to go. Why? Why do you keep having to put Ellie on a little raft? Yeah, <laughs> 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 the, um, the, the 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 one thing the one thing that I think Naughty Dog have fucked up with this one is that the PC version of Last of Us Part One is not coming out until March. They fucked the timing Idiots. of that. They should have had to come Idiots. out in January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's still going to sell like Gangbusters as soon as it hits Steam. Like, you know, it's not not going to sell, yeah. but. They could have just yeah. had all of it, all of the money, all at once. Didn't I tell it's you that's really, really good? The, the be, mm. uh, didn't I tell you they'd be crouching in it? Sure enough, yeah, lots of crouching. This week. <laughs> there was absolutely oh, yes. crouching in it. I take it all back. <laughs> ten out of ten. Neil Druckmann put out a statement saying he's humbled, honoured, and frankly overwhelmed that so many people tuned in and connected with our retelling of Joel and Ellie's journey. Yeah, he directed episode two, and I think episode two was better than episode one. I thought yeah. it was. So, yeah. yeah. He's doing good. Yeah. He, he, he might not make another game ever again. <laughs> he might not need to. Can, can, just be, can I TV just point, guy. point out, because I wasn't here last week, I agree with everything you guys said about The Last of Us. I, me and Pip have absolutely adored both episodes. Utterly gripped to it. Everyone's fucking perfect in it. And yep. episode the, the end of episode two. Whoo, whoo, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Got me. Got me. Got me big style. Got me big style. But yeah, Neil Druckmann directed that second episode, and I think... His his directorial debut on screen, I think it is, um, really good, really fucking good. I mean, he's so, he's 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 not give the man a movie. He's he's not helping that um, that belief that these auto game directors are actually um, frustrated film directors. Yeah, what do you think Hideo's <laughs> doing right now? <laughs> Rubbing his hands, I think. Probably asking which which episodes of the Death Stranding series he can he can uh, direct. Yeah, the CW is on the phone now going, we will bring Death Stranding to the CW right now. Uh, he's, he's, he's currently outside Konami with a with a with a um a boombox boom box and placards going, please let me direct Metal Gear Solid the movie. <laughs> I wanna come back. I made a huge mistake. Pretend <laughs> <laughs> it's Carol Singers. <laughs> <Who's>, uh... <laughs> Oh, God, that's there is, uh, unfortunately, some sad news. Um, Annie Wershing, uh, best known for playing Tess in the uh, original game, has sadly passed away at the age of 45 oh. today, I believe. Oh, shit. That's, that's, I didn't even know that. That's, that must have yeah. just happened. Yeah, literally oh. today. Oh, about, about, oh, she's really shame. good. Yeah, she, she's she, really good. She was diagnosed with cancer in 2020. Oh, fucking cancer. You bastard. Oh, what a shame! Sad, sad, sad loss on that one, mate. Yeah, yeah um, she was she was brilliant. She's really strong, and she's not in the game very much, but she leaves a gaping hole in that game once she's once that character's no longer in that game. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, yeah, it's just really sad, really sad. Whew. Next, 
uh, Adult Swim was forced to put out an announcement as it ended its association with Justin, uh, sorry, Justin Roiland. Rick and Morty will continue with the talented and dedicated crew, which are hard at work on season seven. But he is out. Good. Mm. And rightly yep. so. Yeah. He's out with someone else as well, isn't he? What's the other um, thing he's been... It's, 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 it's on Squanch Game Studio, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's out of Squanch Games and uh, that uh, Solar Opposites, that's been cancelled now, I think, which was the other show that he was working on. And I think he's been... What's a Koala Man is the other thing he's voicing. He doesn't get in creative, but he's in it, and I think they're considering kicking him out as well. Now, well, Gadget, you won't remember it? this. Why mm. You won't remember this, Gadget, but nearly a year and a bit ago, I was listening to this episode of a day of our podcast, and you said, and I am paraphrasing a little bit, Justin Ryland seems a bit like a baddie. I think you called this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> you called this a few years back. <laughs> so uh, it was around the time of Pickle Rick, that time. Yeah, oh, well, God, I fucking hated Pickle Rick. Even though I enjoy Rick and Morty, <laughs> I really fucking hated Pickle Rick. Yeah. You Pickle mentioned... Uh, it was just, just, just like over, off, off the overused off, by everywhere. It, yeah, it was a good episode. But it's just off the cuff comment, you went, oh, you just seem a bit like a baddie. <laughs> so, well done, mate. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've seen some people like speculate on how, uh, how Adult Swim are going to go forward with this one, because obviously Rick and Morty is its big cash cow at the minute. How are they going to do it? Yep. And loads of people are saying, oh, well, we'll just get these. There's loads of people doing like TikTok who do impressions of Rick and Morty. We'll just get, get, they'll get one of them in. I'm like, no, I, th- I think that's not how Dan Harmon would want to do it. I think he would want to do it in the biggest fuck you way possible. Um, yeah. And, and I've I seen someone put the theory out, and I think this is probably going to be what they do with it, where like the first episode of season seven will start with like, it, it'll be without dialogue, like Rick, Rick will be playing with something that he's building. Morty will walk in the room, Rick will turn around, it's like a gun, he shoots Morty in the neck and then shoots himself in the neck and then two different and voices. And the voices change forever. Two different yeah. voices come out of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same dialogue you know, the, style oh, and pattern of speech, but the voices are just completely different. I think he should play um, Rick if they have to recast him. Oh, he, he does the voice of Batman in the Lego Batman. What's his name? Oh, Will Arnett, yes. I'd Will Arnett, love he should him be, to do Rick. He should be Rick. He should be Rick because I think he's got that grump about him and I just like him anyway. So, um, I put give him a call. Disc- discovered there's this guy who does these like crude like versions of Rick and Morty on TikTok. It's like the Australian dude. He's like, get in the fucking car, Morty. Get in the fucking car, Morty. It's like, yeah, let's just have, let's just have him. Like. <laughs> yeah. Also, is it someone's just actually really just funny. Getting, actually just getting Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. To, yeah. To, yeah. To yeah. 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 Why not? Why not? Why <laughs> yeah. not? Yeah. That's who they that are. Great move. Because they were Doc and Marty, weren't they originally? Yeah, yeah, well, that's where Rick and Morty came from. It was a parody of um, yeah. Back to the Future. Mm. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yes, yeah, don't feel bad to watch it, guys. You can still watch it and stuff like that. It's, Dan Armand's not a baddie. Do you know what I mean? No one else is a baddie. Just Justin Roiland. <laughs> that's how it I mean, so I, far. I mean, Dan Harmon has been a baddie, but he's owned a lot of the stuff he's done. Not, but, yeah, but not he, that kind of baddie, though. Yeah, but he also <laughs> did not do what Justin Roiland did. He was just a bit of a... No. He was just a bit of a cunt to people. No. If you don't know what it's done, we're not going to tell you. You're going to have to find that research yourself because I don't want to say yep. it. No. Next. Uh, Amazon Studios has picked up Critical Role um, for an overall TV and first look film deal. It's greenlit Mighty bad Nine, timing. the animated series. <laughs> it's a bit bad timing, that way, Dungeons and Dragons and all that, isn't it? Well, no, well, what, what, what they've done is they've basically gone for exclusivity with Critical Role. So they already had the Legend of Vox Machina series, which I've been watching. The second series is out now. It's fucking great. But, and that's based on their first campaign. And now, mm-hmm. and now what they've done is they've greenlit The Mighty Nine, which is based on their second campaign. So you've got two kind of separate stories in the same world, which was two different anime series. 
But won't they have to pay a lot to Dungeons and Dragons now? Nope. I thought, what about all that stuff that you were talking about? Okay, well, well, you know what? I'll jump in on this one on the news because there was <laughs> news about this yesterday. We won. They backed down. Oh, D and D backed down. Oh. They're, they're actually, they've actually listened to the to the audience and realised how much money they're losing and gone. Okay, yeah, we're not going to change anything with the gaming licences. We'll just keep it as it was. And um, oh wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're literally not changing anything. No, well, they're not changing anything. Oh, but, now. But they're, they're also <laughs> making the rules for the current version of D&D not just on their open game license, but Creative Commons as well. So, like, they're actually giving people more access to stuff. So, um, yeah, um, that, that that's made me a very happy man. I'm still going to move away from D&D because Hasbro are a bunch of bastards, but still. It's left a foul taste in your mouth, hasn't it? Left a foul taste in your mouth. Mm. But th- this is a great thing for Critical Role because it's just proving how, like, popular their brand is and how popular the the, sh- the show is i mean legend i mean i've watched the first three episodes of season two of vox machina and it's it's brilliant like it's one of the mm. best western animes i've ever seen and so they're putting all it's this quality into it it's not as good as score cheap mm. nothing's as good as score cheap we're the best no um so Hasbro basically just rolled a natural one that's what they oh. said in their own statement biggie Oh, did they? Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, he thought you were special then, didn't he? Thought you were good. I it, am special. When, when, when all the you open, are. You when, are. When all the open gaming license stuff came out and people started kicking off, Hasbro's first statement was, well, we, we, we thought we were doing something good, but it looked like we rolled a one. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we're done with the kids still. Oh, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> definitely. It was a how-do-you-do fellow kids moment. <laughs> I understand that reference. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Uh, this is an interesting one. Velma becomes the number one worst rated animated show in the history. On what does? IMDb. Velma. It's a very adult take on Scooby-Doo. As well as featuring, are you ready for this, a lot of nudity and gore, Velma makes multiple jokes about Fred having a tiny penis. And on top of that, Daphne secretly deals drugs at school. What the fuck? <laughs> so, I can't work. Right. So, this is obviously a collection of people moaning about a, fr- a, a woman-led show. You know, you know those types. The same kind of dweebs that like moaned and complained about Masters of the Universe. Yeah. But I've seen clips and I've seen bits. And it it's looks fucking, shit. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I've never seen something that looks to hate its own source material. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh. This is a Mindy Kaling show and it's it's something that she's wanted to do, but I don't know why they attached, but needed to attach film. I think... I, I think a lot of people have theorised it, and I, I kind of agree with it. I think Mindy Kaling went to them with the idea of a Mindy Kaling animated show, and they said that'll never sell. Let's attach it to the Scooby Doo license because we're not doing anything. She's with good. That Why wouldn't it? That should work. She's good. I, I like her, mate. Yeah, uh, she's been quite controversial recently, and I mean, I like her in the office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's all I've seen her in. <laughs> I mean, you don't don't watch the Mindy Project because that was fucking shite. I won't. I won't. Terrible. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, you know, every time you see this and you kind of think, oh, yeah, it's probably just those kind of internet people. I've, everything I've seen, I thought has been absolutely terrible. Yeah. Steve's watched the whole series. I've watched the whole series. <laughs> I just. I mean, it doesn't yeah. even have Scooby Doo in it. No. I'm not a massive Scooby Doo fan, so it's, it would have never hit my radar anyway. And I, I was watching an old classic Scooby Doo stuff, and that's some of it's really funny, just some of the. The, the jokes in that. I like the simple. first, the really old one. Yeah. Mm. Doo me doo me doo. I like that one. I don't like all these remakes and stuff of them. Ugh, I fuck that. Mis- Mystery Incorporated is uh, pretty good. It's slightly more. It's more skewed at teens rather than kids. So it's kind of a little mm. bit more adult. Uh, 
But yeah, Velma's shite. It's really, really bad. The clips I've seen have been utterly fucking dog shite. It, it, it is just Mindy Kaling just being a, just hating herself and everyone around her, I think. Mm. She used to be my favourite Velma. I always had a thing about nerds. Mm. Well, you can still go back to the original Velma. That hasn't changed. Just don't go for this Next. one. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old micro penis Fred. Uh, Fleabag's Phoebe Water Bridge uh, is on deck for Tomb Raider TV show. The enemy, uh, sorry, enemy, <laughs> Emmy Award winner Phoebe has uh, apparently been tapped to lead an Amazon adaption. The English actress has wrote and starred in Fleabag, is allegedly on deck for the scripts and will not star as the iconic lead character, but she will be executive producing. I don't know who she is. I'd quite, I'd quite like a Tomb Raider show in the style of Fleabag. I think that would be fucking hilarious. Mm. Well, she also has uh yeah, you should watch Fleabug. Everyone should watch Fleabug. It's brilliant. Um she is been writing on Indiana Jones. New one. So obviously she's got previous in those kind of worlds. Mm. So that's probably why they brought her on for uh this. She's developed herself a nice little Hollywood, Hollywood writing career, hasn't she? She was, she, she was brought in on something recently. I can't remember she had to fix something. Bond. That was it, yeah. She, yeah, she came in to re- do rewrites on Bond. Should have done the whole thing. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> she's a very good writer, and she's very, she is, she's very funny. She's got a, a very interesting way of putting stories together. Like, the, 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 way, the way the story flows through Fleabag is really funny, but also quite unexpected how everything kind of comes together by the end. It's yeah. brilliant, that show. That's obviously just put an end to... Uh... Lucy Vikander, then hasn't it a sequel for that one? Yeah, they, yeah. They, I don't think that did that did enough, did it? Like, yeah. I don't think it yeah. She was she was talented and very beautiful, though. I, I don't yeah. think it's anything it was to do with her. For a second one. Oh, was that? I don't think it was anything to do with her. Just the first, that film just didn't sell well enough. It's just the I game. The problem times. was like that was just. Like, I know. Last week we said about how The Last of Us is just the game on the screen, but it's had proper writing, production, and care put into it. I, feel, I think it's been I've, adapted better. That's yeah, the reason. I felt like I was just watching cutscenes from the game in that Tim Raider film. Ah, I was like, I've seen all yeah. this. Yeah, it wasn't in like the the game storyline was never it? that interesting anyway. Um, yeah. And the the funny thing is though that there was the sequel was potentially going to be directed by Ben Wheatley. Really? I'm like, yeah, I was like Ben Wheatley doing a Tomb Raider big action. Film. I was like, I would have Who's really, he? I would have really have liked to see that. He's he? um, okay. He's a UK director uh, who does very weird um, films, like quirky films. Yeah, Kill List, uh, High Rise. Have you seen oh, High Rise? Oh, Free okay. Fire. Yeah, like, I like Kill List. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's, got... he's not known for his big blockbuster films. <laughs> Well, we look forward to seeing the new Tomb Raider in 2025. Yeah, that <laughs> God of War and everything else that they're developing for TV now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next. Over to the uh, weird world web. I have two for you. Um, a life insurance firm has sparked outrage after running an advert featuring a picture of Harold Shipman, dead happy, a Leicester-based firm <laughs> with a reputation for running provocative adverts, used a picture of the serial killer alongside the text, life insurance, because you never know who your doctor might be. <laughs> I like that. 
I like that. Do you know what? They advertise, I get advertised that dead happy thing all the time, and their adverts are really fucking funny, to be fair. I've never considered he getting wor- life insurance, but... Harold Shipman worked in one of um, GHP surgeries near me, <laughs> before I was born, obviously. But, yeah. Not oh, that Harold yeah, Shipman was funny. Local I legend! Ha- I hasten to add. For those who don't know who he was, he stopped. got dependents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was dubbed Dr. Death as a notorious murderer believed to have killed hundreds of elderly and vulnerable patients in the north of England over two decades. Yeah. And next up... Monster. Sorry? He's a monster. He was a monster. Why, why is Biggest Breaking News becoming a true, a, a true crime podcast recently? I don't know. He's a middle-aged not, he's moving on from that. I just thought it was really funny. But next up is... Uh, WWE has reportedly dropped the Banger Bros name for Seamus and Drew after finding out about the adult film company also called the Bang Bros. <laughs> oh, yeah. They do some great films, the Bang Bros. It's all male. Yeah. It was it was very funny because this came, this came about because uh, Seamus kept saying he had a really good year last year. Like, really good matches. And he kept, he kept saying, like, because he's Irish and, you know, the word banger kind of we say it a bit more over the side of the of the pond. He kept saying, oh, I'm having banger after banger after banger, like matches, like over and over again. And eventually, because he's teamed up with a Scottish guy, they're just like, they called themselves the Banger Bros. And I know I know for a fact they did that on purpose. You know that <laughs> two people from over this side did that on purpose. And obviously people in the WWE in America didn't realise until this came to light. <laughs> And there was a joke about it on the Royal Rumble this weekend as well. Like one of the commentators said, "What were they called these two? And the other one was like, "We're not allowed to discuss that anymore." Like the, <laughs> the, the names, uh, you know, it's copyright somewhere else. Like so, they know now. They've kind of they're just cracking jokes. There is about a it um, now. there's a good uh, Bang Bros film about wrestling, Fatal Four Way. I think it's called something like that. Really good. You like it, Steve? Fatal Four Way. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Really Maybe they can call themselves the Dancing Bears or something. Well, yeah, why not? I, I just, uh, I think it, we, we're wrestling. They've got plenty of scope to get a new nickname. You know what I mean? But yeah, cool, excellent. Thank you for that news, Nexus. I expect with this Nexus, some of you here have got a lot to talk about. Yes, yes, I thought so. Who would like to nominate themselves to go first? You know first what? time I've ever given you this opportunity. Algan first, because I wasn't here last week and people have been missing my voice. Algan first. Algan first, man. <laughs> uh, so one of the things um, I've done, I'll be talking about with um, Stig um, when he does his. Um, so I won't go into that one right now. Uh, I've been watching uh, Castlevania on Netflix for the first time through. Um, my God, that is so much what? better. Than- really? Yeah, so much better than it has any right to be. Jesus fucking Christ, that's excellent. We were trying to tell you years ago. <laughs> I knew. We did a podcast where we brought this to the show and reviewed it. I knew. Yeah, we did. You should have listened. I know, I should have. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, me and Pippa binged three seasons in like a week and a half. It's fucking, br- fucking great. Season two really kicks off well, doesn't it? Yeah, see, yes, yeah, season two kicks off well. I really like season three as well. Yeah, um, I do. I do. It, it's just the action. The action is so good, isn't it? It's just the so music, old. mate. The music. It's the game music, but better. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. That, that one moment where Bloody Tears comes up is fucking oh, incredible. Mate. <laughs> yeah. And the fight in the entrance where. Yes. Like, the, the, the so, good. Oh, so good. Incredible. Uh, and of course, Alucard is best boy. Very handsome boy. Always has been. Always has been. Yep. Um, but the main, th- main thing that I wanted to talk about was um, <sighs> Dead Space is out. 
So it is. Been out for a while, Dead Space, mate. Don't no, the remake. Ah, the remake. Like twenty thirteen <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Earlier, 2008? 2008 was the first one. So um yeah, so if you remember back in kind of December, my heartbreak at the Callisto Protocol, which everyone was kind of hyping up to be the next Dead Space. Turns out I've what got we, it here. Yeah. Turns out what, what we <laughs> what we needed was not a new Dead Space. We just needed the original one back with a shiny coat of paint because it's fucking incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking brilliant. So what what's happened at EA Motive, who are a brand new studio that's been spun up for this, I think. I don't think they've done anything before. Um, they have taken the original Dead Space um, and they've made it pretty. And they fixed a load of things with it because if you everyone thinks about the original Dead Space through the lens of Dead Space 2. Dead Space 2 is a fabulous game. Dead Space 1 is a mm. great game, but not a fabulous game. Dead Space 3 is just shite. Peak. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, so that um, what people don't remember about the first Dead Space is that Isaac moved really slowly. Um, you took a lot of damage unintentionally because your turning circle was about two and a half weeks. Um, mm. All the zero-G stuff, you were just doing point-to-point jumps. You didn't have any kind of free movement and all that. And it was a slow, ploddy game. There was a lot of unnecessary backtracking. It was a great game, don't get me wrong, but it, they improved so much more with Dead Space 2. What this remake has done, as well as giving it the current gen coat of paint, 60 frames a second, beautiful, high resolution graphics. Um, Isaac looks like Adam Sandler for some reason. I don't get it. But, um, yeah, he does. Yeah. What they've done is they've taken all the movement tech that was in Dead Space 2. So Isaac moves faster, he moves tighter, he aims faster, and also in, zero, in the zero G sections, you can move in all directions. You, can, you have your little jetpacks and you can fly. And they fixed it. Yeah, like he did on two. Um, And they fixed all this. It's it's good. They have taken away the static levels. There is now, it's now more like Resident Evil 1 in that you can go from the start of the game to the end of the game and back again. You can backtrack your way through the entire of the USG Ishimura. Everything's open. Everything's open world, rather. You know, you don't get, you don't finish a level, then move to the next one like you did in the 2008 one. Mm. And it's, it's brilliant. I've played through the first five chapters so far. Um, oh, the other thing that fixed Oodles, you'll enjoy it. You've played it, haven't you, Oodles, the original one? <laughs> Fucking yeah, mate. Do you remember uh, Mission 4? Do you remember the very end of it sucked because you had that mini-game thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, they fixed it. They've made it good. Oh, fuck. This is it. It's gone. Well, I mean, that specific thing is gone. You do something similar, but it actually works in, in the gameplay. That's cool. I'm so up for that. For those who haven't played the original Dead Space, um, I'm, I'm realizing. It did stop me playing through it multiple times, that, actually, that bit, actually. Yeah, well, it's not there anymore. It's great. Mm. For, cool. those who, for those who haven't played Dead Space before, that it, it's a, a science fiction horror game originally by EA Redwood Shores, now by EA Motive. Uh, you play an engineer called Isaac Clark, uh, who is sent as part of a, a, a repair team to the USG Ishimura. A planet cracking ship that is that has lost contact with the with the company that owns it. Lots of alien vibes here. You get on the ship, everything's quiet, everything's dark. You and then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, and these kind of spindly monsters with blades coming out their back appear and start murderizing everybody. And you, Isaac, out of the vents, out of the vents, and you, Isaac, have to survive and repair the ship and get, find your find your lost girlfriend who is on the ship, and you have to get out of there. It's basically Super Mario. Basically, Super Mario meets Alien. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, in a good way. In a good in a, way. In a very good way. The big selling point for this game is the combat mechanic because Isaac isn't a soldier. He's an engineer. So all of his weapons are repurposed engineering tools. Plasma cutters, um, heat torches, some Gravity thing, guns. Gravity guns. Th- this thing that fires out a spinning um, saw blade, which I'm not sure what the ap- ap- applications are for that on a spaceship, but it seems to work. Um, but the main combat loop is you don't shoot them directly, uh, shoot the end of the monsters directly. You have to dismember them because you shoot them in the chest or in the head. It doesn't, they don't feel it. They're dead. These necromorph things, they are already dead. You got to slow them down when they rush at you. So you got to shoot off their legs and shoot off their arms and then stomp them to death. And it's the stomp, the stomp. Oh, oh, the stomp sounds so meaty, but it is crunchy, bloody, awful, lovely gore. In this, it's, it's a bloody <laughs> because it's a game from 2008. This is a very bloody game, uh, and all the better for it. You, you you walk through these kind of really tight, claustrophobic corridors. Things burst out of vents in front of you, behind you. The sound design is incredible. The graphics are beautiful. Mm. It's just it it's a it's. I mean, it's getting like kind of nines across the board. It's like got a really high Metacritic score. It's and incredible. One in it. Something and the like haptic that, yeah. feedback as well has had yeah. a bit of work as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, the hap- I, know, I, I know it got a ward in a must-play, didn't it, on Metacritic? It did, yeah. Yeah, it's got haptic feedback on the PS5, so you can feel like Isaac's heartbeat in the, um, in the controller. Um, it's fully immersive. There's no hood. Everything The game tells you everything about Isaac's condition on his suit. So he has lights up his spine, which are his health. Oh, just yeah. like uh, Callisto Protocol. Just like Callisto Protocol <laughs> tried to do, but didn't do very well. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, I re- re- I can't believe that in the in, in the year of our Lord 2023, I'm pointing out that EA have done the good thing, <laughs> and they have made a game that is worth playing and is not saddled hey, with microtransactions. And if I they actually, have been baddies for years, they're not the baddies anymore. There aren't any microtransactions that I've seen. So I, didn't, I didn't. So I didn't play it the first time round. Does it deviate at all the story, or is it literally exactly the same? It's exactly the same and enhanced. So they, they've they've added to the story. So they've added a lot of context stuff. There's a lot of stuff about Nicole, um, uh, Isaac's girlfriend. You get a bit more of her story and what happens to her on the Ishimura, stuff like that. Um, a bit of extra characterization. Uh, they've given Isaac a voice so Isaac can actually now respond to things. So they brought Gunnar Wright in, yeah. who did who did the voice in two and three. Um, so you know he has conversations, and because. And they've done it right. They haven't made him like a grizzled action kind of guy. So, you know, he's again, he's an engineer. So he's like, you know, they're saying, we need to get this going. And you go, well, I can go here, do this, do that, and do the other. And he basically makes his own briefings because he knows how to fix the Ishimura. So it's just like, so he is giving his engineer's expertise. So it's they've done the characterization really well. He talks like, Texas, get in the bottle. That's what he says. Because <laughs> he looks like Adam Sandler. <laughs> he really fucking does look like Adam Sandler. It's, it's, it's quite worrying, in fact. Um, but yeah, so, so they've expanded a lot of stuff in the story. There's more voice notes. Unlike the Callisto Protocol, when you pick up an audio log, you can carry on walking in the level listening to it. You know, <laughs> like, like God intended. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I can't believe in 2023 I'm saying EA have done the good thing and the creators of Dead Space have done the bad thing. <laughs> it's really, really <laughs> fucked up, but it, 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 it has to be the ultimate humiliation for Glenn Schofield and his team that they put out the Callisto Protocol, they got such bad reviews and people really didn't like it. And then a mo- eight weeks later, EA re-released their game that they made in the first place and do it better than the original. I'm astounded <laughs> by it. 
So I want to give a shout out to uh, Best Boy Angry Kurt for uh, supplying the uh, code for the, the game. Yeah, as well. thank yes, you, Kurt. Yes, thank you very much, Kurt. He provided both of us with codes of it, so it's uh, it's much appreciated. It looks gorgeous. It's so good. There's a great bit right at the beginning where uh, you have that first interaction um, with the, the monsters and uh, you start off in this nice clean suit and then as you get into this lift, <laughs> you're literally just coming head to toe in blood. It looks great. <laughs> it really does look good. Yeah. Like tra- tra- treble on Scott Sheep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Always getting mucky. Yeah. Always getting mucky. Cool, 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 cool. Dead space. Buy it now at all leading retailers. And um and just 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 for Candy's benefit, I've just put I've just posted a screenshot of Isaac with his helmet off in um in in our command center in Discord. In the battle. Because he really fucking does look like Adam Sandler. I mean I heard they tried to make it look like make him look like the voice actor, so They did, but they missed the mark because he does look not like gonna write. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> oh, that's not even slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Worryingly, it's the same nose and everything in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The same kind mm-hmm. eyes. Ugh. <laughs> Apparently, there is a next. film adaption in uh, in works, so maybe yeah, yeah, uh, Sandler, Adam Sandler yeah. could be up for it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good in the dramatic roles, mate. So he is. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. Dead Space, a film. He's probably a bit too old to play Isaac now. I think. He did make me cry in that basketball film. So, yeah, that's true. Made me cry. Um, I'm going next. So, imagine a game, right? Imagine a game. Can you imagine a game, guys? No, I I had no idea what you're talking about, mate. That perfectly blends narrative point-and-click classics like Beneath Steel Sky, Monkey Island, Sam and Max with Streets of Rage or Double Dragon. (laughs) Think about it. Sounds like it wouldn't work. Well, it fucking does. This game is called Broccoli Investigator. Reason being, he's an alligator. Uh, this code was provided to me by the publisher. I have to add that to this review. It's actually, they've invented a genre, a punch-and-click game. It's the <laughs> developers are called Cowcat. So here's a synopsis that I have to contractually read out to you. In a futuristic, light cyberpunk world where animals have replaced humans, privileged citizens live under a protective dome from the ambient air pollution while others struggle to make a living on the outside. Brock, private detective and former boxer, lives with Graf, the son of his deceased wife, although he could never elucidate the nature behind her accident, recent events may shed some light on an even more tragic outcome, one that may be linked to their own existence. Will they be able to withstand the threats of this corrupted world and face their own destiny? That's the contractual stuff out of the way. So I think, this is my own words now, I think this game is genuinely stunning. So think of it like, yeah, classic LucasArts point and click, normal, you're clicking about, you're pointing pointing and clicking, but you can also fight like Streets of Rage. Do you know what I mean? It also, I don't know if you're looking at the uh, watching the trailer now. Uh, yeah, watching the yep. trailer on Steam now. It looks like a '90s cartoon, doesn't it? It fucking does as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this game is generally stunning. The voice acting is akin to like Tailspin and Ducktales, with the '90s cartoon aesthetic, and all your favourites from that time. I've never been frustrated playing this at all, and there's a there's a really good 
int system, and sometimes if you can't solve a puzzle with your head, you can punch it <laughs> and get past it. <laughs> so uh, I won't dive too deep into the, the plot because I'm told I'm not allowed to. Um, but you need to experience it. But watch a trailer like a, like Gadgets doing and jump in. I'm playing it on PS5, but it's available, I think, everywhere. And I, f- I think it's on Steam mainly. But, yeah, it's... Oh, God. So it's got really positive reviews everywhere, and I'm currently uh, juggling this with Monkey Island on Switch. And do you know what? I'm having a really good time playing Monkey Island on Switch and then jumping to this because it, it melds really perfectly because it's, it's more or less the same type of game. But... This just adds that little bit extra where if, if, if you say the wrong thing, you, you might end up having to fight a boss. You know what I mean? And, and the actual combat, it's like Street Rage, but it's got like Street Fighter moves in it. You know, quarter circle, punch, yeah. and does like a Dukens and uppercuts and stuff. I genuinely think this is like, like Monkey Island is a 10 out of 10, the new Monkey Island. I'm, I'm adoring it. But Broccoli Investigator, and I'm saying that deliberately because when you see the title, you'll know why. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a nine out of ten. Genuinely, I mean, I absolutely ad- adored it. It's got very very positive on Steam. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I I just it's not too long either. Ten hours ish. I've I've oh, I beat a game by the way, stick. Whew, catching you up now, baby. <laughs> but I I genuinely think this game's fucking brilliant, and it proper surprised me. You know, sometimes you get sent you, you, you like request a code, and you think, oh, do I really? And then I looked at it, and I'm looking into it a bit more, and I'm like. Oh, actually, and as soon as I start playing, the voice acting's really fucking good. And it just adds that a little bit more dynamic to it by being able to punch your way out of situations. <laughs> it's just, it's genuinely really good. Like the opening scene, I'm allowed to talk about that. The opening scene, you're in, you start off and your apartment's on fire. So you could fix a computer, you could fix a sprinkler system. It's Like I say, it's a light uh, cyberpunk setting. Or you can fix the robots. Or you can just punch the door and get out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But you've got to physically... Input the punching buttons and stuff. It's just, yeah, I really like it. Please, if you if you like hankering for a bit more of that Monkey Island magic, try Brockley Investigator. It's a terrible title. I've told them this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the game's so, been out since August. Res- it's a bit late for them to change it. Yeah, yeah, I've not had a response, but <laughs> but yeah, I've I've done my contractual stuff. I but genuinely like off the record. I think this is fucking brilliant. And I think people that are into it, it's not even that expensive. I think it's about 15 quid. 17 pounds on PC. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's proper good. And it reminds me of those Sam and Max style games and stuff like that. It's just, Mm. yeah, play it. Play it. I mean, I know everything's coming out at the moment and this game came out in August, but give it a whirl if you're next fancying a a punch and click game. Punch and click, my God. It's good though, isn't it? It's good. (laughs) Right, um, Candy. I saw a, I saw a Korean film this week. And oh, I don't you actually, didn't. I don't actually know how to pronounce the title. I'm going to probably murder it. And I think it's called Jung E or Jungi. I'll just I'll spell it. You spell it J U N. Or as I thought, Jungle. Jungle. J U N G underscore E. So I think it's Jung E. Yes, um, I think it is. It's directed by Yon Sang Ho, whose previous work includes the zombie action movie Train to Busan. And it was the final unfor- uh, performance, sadly, of the film's main character, Kang Sang-yong, who sadly passed away um, in 2022. Um, to summarise the plot, basically humans have been forced to leave Earth due to climate change and live in uh, colonies in Earth's orbit. And they're basically like 
identical to Halos. The Halos. Just bang on. Um, you mean like Ringworld? Yes. So c- civil wars are raging within the separate colonies. Um, wars are being fought by AI robots. And uh, one colony feels like the key to winning this war is to upload the consciousness of a female military captain, Young Yi, who was famed for her abilities in battle. And she was acting as a mercenary to make enough money to fund her young daughter's cancer surgery. In her final battle, she was all but killed, leaving her in a coma. And uh, this is all kind of in the opening, so it's not really, it's just setting it up. Um, Her family had the choice to keep her consciousness alive as an ai there are three types of existences you can have as an ai so you've got type a which gives you same rights as a human but it's phenomenally expensive um there's a cheaper option type b which prohibits you from certain rights such as marry uh, such as getting married and companies are also able it kind of it's kind of like facebook so companies will buy your information they'll they'll buy your knowledge um Oh, they can buy mine if they want. <laughs> and then you've got, you've got the free type C, which it forgoes all your human rights. And um, you, you, you give the government full access to your consciousness and physical likeness, apparently, for whatever, mean for whatever means they choose. And Young Yi is given a type C and therefore is being used by the government to conduct That sounds like a game I didn't like of last year. Doesn't it, Gadget? Hmm, a little bit. In- indentured mm-hmm. servitude in space. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does give off some kind of video game vibes, but I'll get onto that later. Um, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward, fast forward twenty something years, and her daughter, the one that was getting the cancer surgery, um, is the head of a team in charge of attuning her mother's consciousness for use in these battle robots. So a bit of a conflict of interest there, I would say. Um, but essentially, the film is a commentary on the ethics of using consciousnesses as AIs. At the core of this film is kind of an engaging and often emotional story. And I should add, there are it's maybe it's stage two mascara warning on this one for some parts. Mm. Um, what does let the film down is a couple of things for me. So firstly, the pacing is pretty off. For like two thirds of the film, it just absolutely plods. Um, it has an action-packed ending. It doesn't really feel like it's earned it, and um, just completely low stakes. You just you're not invested in these characters, and there are some really ropey visuals. Like the animation at times does look pretty dated, and the majority of the film takes place within just two or three sets. When we do finally leave those two sets, it it kind of screams green screen like it's sort of Star Wars prequel-esque actors mm. that have just been dropped into a computer game. It's it's not good. And with the I exception with the exception of Kang Sung Yun, the acting is pretty poor too, I thought. Um now I I did watch it subtitled for half the film and for reasons I watched the second half dubbed. And unfortunately you were playing your Switch or a game or you were doing something else. We know why. I was putting my makeup on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tonight. do it all the time, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> So yeah, I watched it so uh, so dubbed, and unfortunately, it's not the dubbing that does let it down. Um, one character in particular, in particular, is really, really over the top in his acting. Um, it is actually, it's kind of explained. It is, it is somewhat a plot point, but it's just I don't know if it, you know it was a directorial decision to tell this guy to overact 
or if it was a bit of both, but it's it's pretty off-putting. Where it does shine through is, like I said, during the more emotional moments and the questions of the morality. Um, but unfortunately, it's just overshadowed by the points I made. So, I mean, it's it's fine. It's a bang average three out of five, I think. Oh, I'll avoid that one then. It, it, jumped, <laughs> it jumped on the um, K-pop culture and the success of Squid Game and everything, but it's, it wasn't a winner for me. Um, I, I always prefer the um, from the Korean shows rather than the films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've got time to because they do, do weave great narratives, and I think they've got more time with the film. Some of the films I've watched recently, especially on Netflix, I've been like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing great about it." That's what it but is. The, just... the, the shows are all fucking boom. They're all incredible. Yeah, that's what I mean. This film just didn't have the secret ingredient. <laughs> it had potential, and the story is quite. It, you know, it can be intriguing, but it just. It was, it was a lot of emotional depth, but it was it was an action film with not a lot of action. It just didn't ah. quite get that that mix. It didn't get the blend right. Mhm, mhm. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So avoid at all costs, she says. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're really bored. Brilliant. Unless you're really bored. Um, Biggie. Yeah. Had a bit of a quiet week, so the only other thing I've been doing is watching the uh, first few episodes of Ozark. Which it's good, isn't it? You've probably, yeah, you've probably seen it <laughs> advertised on uh, Netflix. They always push this um, in its, you know, what to watch next kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it came out in uh, 2017. It's got four seasons, but we're only a few episodes in, as I say. Uh, created by Bill Dubicue, who did The Accountant and The Judge. This drama series stars Jason Bateman as Marty Bird financial planner who relocates his family from Chicago to a summer resort community in the Ozarks. When he's, uh, with his wife Wendy and their two kids in tow, Marty's on the move after a money laundering scheme goes wrong and basically his family has no idea he's been doing this, forcing him to pay off a substantial debt to a Mexican drug lord in order to keep his family safe. While the bird's fate hangs in the balance, the dire circumstances force the fractured family to reconnect. Um, if you like Jason Bateman, he's fantastic in this. I do. Really um, holds, I do as well. Really holds the show together with a, a great supporting cast. Um, I don't want to reveal much more than that because it's just brutal. It's an incredible show from the first two episodes already. Um, he's very quick thinking as a character um, and love it. I just think it's really clever. I'm really looking forward to uh, the rest of the season. Seasons. I think Jason Bateman, when he does the uh, drama roles, I think mm. he's really sinister. Mm. But then you forget that, yeah, he's also really good at comedy roles. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've got a lot of time for Bateman. A lot of time. There's some dark humour. There's particularly a brutal scene in the first episode, oh, yeah. which you, oh, just yeah. comes out of nowhere and it's so good. Keep with it, mate. I've, so seen it all. I've seen it all so far and I think it's brilliant. Yeah, really, really enjoy it. So yeah, recommend uh, Ozark. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And anything else from you? That's it for me. I've been nope. playing a bit of Dead Space as well. You're probably not as far as Gadget, though, I, I, uh, no. I presume. Cool, cool, cool. Stig, round it off. Um, I'm just going to quickly mention one thing, because I was going to talk about this before something else came out this week that I want to talk about more. Um, yeah. I watched Triangle of Sadness. This is one of the um, <clears throat> uh, nominated films for Best Oscar uh, Film, yes. Best Director, and Original Screenplay. Um, it's won Palme d'Or last, um, Palme d'Or, sorry, last year. Um, 
And it's uh, Eat the Rich satire that's about as subtle as Don't Look Up. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, uh, yeah, it takes place as two uh, models uh, get invited onto a, a, a yacht full of super rich people and um, it sinks and leaves them fighting for survival on a desert island and the power dynamic quickly starts to shift. Um, I really re- enjoyed this. Uh, I put it into my top 20 of last year. Um, wow. And it's a really good cast. Uh, Woody Harrelson plays a Marxist captain of the boat. Um, Which is weird for Woody Harrelson because he's the complete <laughs> fucking opposite. Uh, Harris Dickinson is like this gormless but very handsome looking model. Um, and it's just really funny. Switches between like satire, gross out humour and there's like lots of bit, bits, shocking bits and stuff. So it's very much like kind of like in keeping with the menu. Um, it's very... next on my list actually I've, on, on my list of films to watch I'm, yeah bad I'm shit happens tomorrow. to rich very rich people that kind of uh, I'm into it film so yeah it's it's kind of ridiculous black comedy sign me up now there's an old an old Russian guy on there who's just like he's actually quite good he's brilliant um, yeah the, the, the humour kind of goes all over the place it kind of fears from to like slapstick at times to uh, you know like I said stuff some as subtle as don't look up it's Unsubtle as that, um, but yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was won't won't be my favorite film, and I don't think it'll win. But I'm not shocked to see why it's kind of got the praise that it's been given. It's nice to see like comedy. I know it's not an outright comedy, but yeah. Oh no, it's not. Like, trust me, it's two and a half hours long, and there are bits of it that drag. It can't. Yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah. up and down, but I enjoyed yeah. it overall. Um, but the thing I did want to talk about mainly this week, and Gadget's been playing this as well, is Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush, a rhythm-based action game developed by Tango Gameworks, published by Bethesda, dropped randomly out of nowhere on January the 25th after the Xbox kind of showcase thing they did. This game just literally came out of nowhere. Uh, they knew we knew Tango Gameworks were doing something, and they've developed this game basically in secret. Gone, here's a trailer. Oh, by the way, it's available now, and it's fucking Ooh. brilliant. It's incredible. It's <laughs> so so good. So the game kind of follows this uh, self-proclaimed future rock star Chai, um, who becomes a defect in an experiment that gives him a robotic arm and kind of infuses his iPod into his chest, which gives him the, the ability to sense the rhythm of the world around him. And you kind of, as Chai, you kind of start to basically take down the big conglomerate and tech company, don't you? Yeah, it's another Eat the Rich story. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The animation, the style of the animation is like very comic-like. It looks absolutely beautiful. It's so vibrant and bright. And the music is, um, they've got actual like licensed music in here. So you get stuff from like the likes of black keys and nine inch nails. Oh, no the way. humor in it is brilliant. Like I laughed several times in the opening section. Um, just like that opening bit where she's looking at his picture, she pulls it down and he's just got the same pose as the picture. Yeah. Like just little things like that. I really, really enjoyed it. And the, the, the kind of robot enemies, all have their own like little personalities as well. So when there's like a cutscene and they're kind of talking with each other, it's it's just really well scripted, really well animated. The gameplay, like I said, it's a it's like a hack and slash, but you do it to the beat of the music. 
So you've got this constant beat going on and you try to put together combos, uh, string combos together, hitting it on the beat. And if you hit it at the precise moment to end the combo, you get like big hits and big massive like pows and stuff come on the screen. It's, and it's, it's, if, 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 you, if you imagine crossing Metal Hellsinger with God of War's combat, it's like that. Yeah, but I, I'm enjoying this so much more than like Metal Hills thing. I, like when when I I saw this and I thought, oh, that looks great. And then it was like, oh, it's a rhythm action hack and slash. And I was like, oh, the rhythm action thing because I thought Metal Hills thing was fine, but trying to do all the gun work and everything to the beat eventually just made me drop off it. Yeah, this has just so much more going for it that I th- I, th- I think I think what works is it doesn't punish you for not being on the beat. Like, mm. ch- like Chai will always hit on the beat. Yeah. So, but you, it, it well, like Metal Hellsinger, your gun wouldn't fire if you were off the beat. Whereas this, you can still hit, and just on the next beat, you'll, that will be when the strike happens. If you if you get on the beat though, you will build a bigger score. That's the difference. Yeah, it's. Oh, so I'm, I mean, I'm only f- three levels in, but I've been enjoying it so much. Yeah, I've, like, I've, Chai is just a, such a lovable idiot. Oh, I love Chai so much. He's, he's he's my boy. I just want to like like hug him. He's just a fucking moron with a heart of gold. Yeah, like oh, like, oh. like Chai, Chai is brave because he's too stupid to be scared of what's going on. Yeah, like, there's <laughs> one bit where you kind of jump onto this rail system, and she's and you the people the woman you're working with, she's like, you don't even know where that goes. She's like, ah, oh, who cares? Like it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, the, the enemies are all kind of. Like look brilliant as well. They sound great. Like the first big boss you come up, um, you kind of against Wrecker is like, she's just fantastic. She's like, like a gadget said wrestler. she's a yeah she she's a mood is what you said she didn't is. you? Yeah, yeah she is. Like I loved like when she was on screen or like reading the emails that you you have like you find dotted around like the just the writing and the humor in this is brilliant. It's it, there's really strong characterization. Every character seems to have a very They've written them with a very strong sense of self. Mm. Um, the have, have you met Cinnamon yet, Stig? No. Okay, when you meet Cinnamon, you'll fucking die laughing. Um, but so, so all all the characters are very aware of who they are, and like like Chai knows he's a rock star, and because he's a rock star, rock star shit will happen to him. That's kind of his thing, um, and it usually happens, but only entirely by accident. Um, there is a cat. We, 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 it's another cat game. Your little robot cat called Eight O Eight, who who follows you, and they they act as a kind of a. a What's it called? Eight O Eight. The drum machine. Eight O Eight. They act. They, they act like a a a beat guide. So when you're moving around, Eight O Eight becomes a little floating cat head comes Aww. with you, and it pulses the beat for you. Um, but quite frequently, there will be just cutscenes where where Chai will go to pick up the cat. The cat's like splayed out, licking itself. You know, <laughs> it's the cat thing to do. The way they introduced the cat, like the dialogue for it, I thought was just it made me laugh a lot. Just like yeah. the robots talking about it, like it's so funny. I don't want to spoil it because I don't like if you've not played it yet. I just I don't want to like give away the jokes. But yeah. yeah, man, like just I mean, I'm big like big up on Xbox um, on Game Pass as it is. But for them to just go, we've developed a game. It's launching. It's on it. If you've got Game Pass, there you go. Have at it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no glitches. It works. It's just the ability for them to do that is just incredible. 
It's a full if, game as well. It's not. Yeah. It, it's not. It, it's not like in the in the like you know Nintendo would do that all the time. Where they'll do a surprise drop or something, but it'll be a demo for something. It'll be DLC for something, or it'll be a cut. It'll be one of their old games that they're re-releasing on the Nintendo Switch Online stuff. This is a full fucking AAA quality game. This is like a ten-hour campaign with replay value and challenge modes and shit. It's really. It's like a fully featured thing. How they've managed? I mean, they've been. I was looking on Wikipedia. They've been developing it. In tandem with um, Ghostwire, the Ghostwire Tokyo, so this has been on a smaller team than Ghostwire, but for like five years, this has been in development, and then they've just dropped it, and it's been a secret the entire time. Mm. I think that it's the kind I, of I game that no one released would it on fucking Xbox. Fuck's sake! Yeah, Game Ooh. Pass. Yeah, boy, idiots. Play it, play it. We'll never play it, Biggie. We'll never play it. Well, no, you say that. Big, you say that, idiots. It is. Has it? I don't. I don't play it though. It's, oh, uh, Xbox on my one. Way, it's an Xbox One. The seventh best, the seventh best-selling game on Steam at the moment. Yeah, ah, Steam. It's only so it's only twenty-five quid on Steam as well. Like yep. they're, they're, they're having, like they're not charging like the full fifty for it. That won't that won't run on my on my laptop. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like it, it's not just the fact that pe- most people on Steam probably have Xbox Game Pass. They could get it. It's and it's it's against the likes of Red Dead Redemption, Football Manager, Counter Strike, FIFA. Dead Space and I Hogwarts, reckon a lot Hogwarts of PC players That's really just... like their Steam libraries and they just buy them on Steam anyway to keep the libraries topped up. I think a lot of people do that. True, but like... Regardless. You, the, the, the thing is, you could... In a positive way. That's yeah, not, I'm not slighting yeah, them. But the point is here is you could get a trial for this for like a quid, try it out, and then go, yeah, okay, I want that for my Steam library. But it's not... People have gone and bought it on Steam like because of the word of mouth. It's just... It's reviewed so well. It's getting like... It's, I think it's about 89... Eight, eight, yeah. Eighty-eight. Google's gonna love us. Eighty-eight. Yeah, it's eighty-eight on there. Eighty-eight. But it's eighty-eight. It's so good. I must admit, when they advertised it, I had absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the Tango Game Works games anyway. But I mean, what? No, I, it, they're just not really my cup of tea. I can't get my tea sent into them. But yeah, the style and everything just didn't appeal to me. <laughs> but just like you said, on word of mouth and the fact that it is on Game Pass, and now that you said there's a cat in it. Um, yeah, that's I'm very give it important a go. to the game as well. Yeah, and I do like Metal Hellsinger, Hellsinger as well. So hopefully, yeah, you'll you'll you'll, you'll, you'll you'll get on with this because because the music is rocking and like like you said, Nine Inch Nails are on the soundtrack. They're, is they're, they're there a boss any, fight song? Is that this is make or break? Is there any Imagine Dragons on it? Nope, not a bit. <laughs> It's not no, make or break though, is it? Because you love arcane. Mm. You have to listen. Yeah, to, you have to, listen to uh, uh, Imagine Dragons every week when you watch. I skip it. Oh, skip, no, the misery! It's, it's, but it's in the actual show as well. It's not just. I know. <laughs> I mute it. <laughs> but that yeah, very Bethesda just, as well, uh, just dropping something out of nowhere because yeah, they did that with um, Fallout Shelter as well, didn't they? Well, yeah. Again, you reckon again, they'll do that next and Skyrim. Seventy-six. <laughs> Again, again, the Fallout Shelter was just like it was just like a, a mini game for the yeah. iPad, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm saying this is a full fucking game. It's mad. I know, that's incredible. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Fallout Shelter is one of the best Bethesda games in the last ten years. It's mm-hmm. fucking brilliant. And it's really good. No, it sucks. There's no glitches in it. <laughs> oh, that's you why don't I get the full no. Bethesda experience. Yeah, to- that's to- the, the only Bethesda game I've played that's not. It doesn't feel like I'm floating <laughs> along the ground. <laughs> Yeah, man. On the ice skates. I fire rush is if you've got Game Pass, just give it a go. You've got Essential. nothing to lose, and I, I think it's great. I definitely, I've been working my way through my like games that I need to finish off. I was like, oh, I need a new game to play. I was like, this just literally drops. I was like, oh, I'll play that. I was like, yep, yeah, this will be my game 
see full yeah. completion. Why first. did it just drop? Did it just drop on Twitter? No, no. It's, no it's, 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 so they had the the developer conference thing. It just it's just real things. That, that's where the, the like said that Redfall is coming out in May, and then uh, you know it's all the stuff that Biggie left out of the news. Um, <laughs> talking about because like, released it. Didn't even realize they had a conference. <laughs> Neither did I, mate. <laughs> You're the news guy. Anyway, yeah, because it's um, Xbox, it, it isn't it? He's just enough news on about Xbox. it. He doesn't follow him, does he? On Twitter, yeah, it's not CDPR. Why would so he, he know? Care. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, so, so it was, it was, like, it was a developer direct thing. So, so yeah, they, they did that. They did some releases, showed off some new uh, Forza Motorsports footage, which looked beautiful. No I way, won't, I won't play it. Um, but it, <laughs> it looks gorgeous. Um, but yeah, then they came, they, they went to Tango, and they had. Shinji Mikami and the director of this one, which is John Johannes, um, talking yeah, about Shin- it. Shinji owns the studio, doesn't he? He's yeah. the studio head. Yeah, yeah, he's the studio. And they're talking about this game, and they reveal it, and they're going, uh, oh, by the way, yeah, you can play it tonight. Drops Did about- Shinji have his baseball cap on? And I know they. No, no, but he's, he's, he's got his little douchebag chin strap beard back. <laughs> I love that. I like how he's got it back. <laughs> I love that, man. Love that, um, man. Got a lot of time yeah. for him. I'll say oh, one yeah. more thing. It's not on the actual game. But I would really like a TV show in this animated style with these characters. I would. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 this, it, it is of, the quality of the writing is so good. I would enjoy this as a TV show. Yeah, starring Mindy Kaling. No, just with these voice actors. <laughs> yeah. Also, 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 cool. di- di- didn't realize as well the, the, the guy who plays Chai because I've just looked up on Wikipedia. The guy who plays Chai is uh, is uh, a critical role person, so. Even more for me. Happy, happy on that one. Critical uh, role. Robbie Draymond. Everybody loves Draymond. <laughs> Let's move on hey. to the main topic. This is going to be a good one. Ooh, it's a, a very, very, very first knockout tournament of the year. I'm nervous. I've been nervous about this all week, to be honest. I'm really fucking nervous. <laughs> we are basically. It's time to officially crown Modern Escapism's greatest comedy movie of all time. And again, as we all know, when we crown something, it is official. It goes into every standard and records of all time in history across the world, and it is known. We should start editing the Wikipedia pages, shouldn't we? (laughs) Just just (laughs) dropping it at the bottom. (laughs) Yes, that's a great idea. Yes, we, we, we stamp that seal on it, and you'll know that it is the greatest comedy movie of all time. Stig, as the master of ceremonies usually on these things, you are the man with the clicker and the tables in front of you. I'll just leave it to you, pal. It's all on you, mate. Yeah, I haven't done it yet because I didn't want to see what the, how the bracket generated, but as per, because there's um, an odd number of us, we do have to do a little pre-round before we kind of get we need, into We the... need to start paying for that uh, random uh, bracket website and give them a bit of money because we've we've dined out on them for oh, years now. I found a better one that's free. <laughs> oh, <Works>. lovely. <laughs> I think it works. I haven't actually clicked generate bracket yet, mm. so we'll see. Uh, It'll just be all right on the night. be aware uh, there will be spoilers. Like, I think we've all seen these films anywhere, haven't we? Or there might be someone yep. there that we're not too fussed on if you, that you don't bother about spoilers, but for the listeners, there will be spoilers. Um, anyway, let's get going. Um... I went through the brackets last week, so I'm not going to go through again what the films are. We'll just do it as we come up. I mean, just do it anyway. Just let them know anyway. Oh, I've just clicked it now. Uh, oh, I've lost everything. Gadget, you're going to have to edit it. <laughs> One eternity later. 
Okay, and before I generate this bracket, just a reminder of the 10 films that are going in. We have 40-Year-Old Virgin, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Office Space, What We Do in the Shadows, The Jerk, In Bruges, Anchorman, Hot Fuzz, Holy, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, and this is Spinal Tap. And I'm going gener- awesome to generate the bracket. Ooh, oh my god. This is a this is a big one to start it off with. This is the pre-bracket. Hot fuzz versus the holy grail. Oh, Fucking hell. Coming in. That's a beast. That's too hot, man. That's oof. How do you choose between perfection? Right. Candy, you're up. So Hot Fuzz obviously doesn't need much of an introduction. It's the second in the Cornetto trilogy. First one being Shaun of the Dead, third one being World's End, starring Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and directed by Edgar Wright. It's an action comedy film, um, centres on two police officers investigating a series of mysterious and gruesome deaths in a West Country village. And for me, it's one of my favourite films. Actually, when I picked this, I didn't realise that I brought it for my top films of all time. So I apologise for bringing it up. Uh, for bringing it twice, but I remember it. it Mate, I've I've brought one of mine, so don't worry. <laughs> I remember <laughs> it, worry. it scored quite high, but it's by far the best in the Cornetto trilogy, and that's saying something because Shaun of the Dead and um, well, maybe was and less so, but Shaun of the Dead's incredible, and it's just it's top tier comedy, especially if you uh, do spend any time in the country in little towns. Um, infinitely quotable as always. And Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, just the way they bounce off each other is just incredible. Like, I think probably a lot of it is improvised because you can see them just cracking up and just having an absolute blast. And it's curiously, like all the other um, Cornetto films, it does get dark. It's, it starts off, you know, funny and lighthearted, but it's an actual, there's an actual action film in there. There's a, there's a horror film in there. There's crusty jugglers. Yeah. There's, there's, Kill us. There's swans on the loose. There's a living statue. Just the one swan, actually. Just the one swan, actually. And just absolutely love it. Infinitely quotable, as I said. Hot fuzz. Banging. Yarp. Biggie. Okay, well. Read the room, Biggie. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just going to be handed over. That was all. Um, yeah, so Monty wow. Python and the Holy Grail. Came out in 1975, British comedy film starring all of the Pythons. It was their directorial debut. Um, it's just mad. It's an incredible movie. Very, very funny. Following the, the plot of uh, King Arthur and his squire, he search, searches around Britain for men to join the Knights of the Round Table. Um, meets <laughs> some incredible characters. Doesn't go to Camelot because it's a silly place. Um, <laughs> and then in the middle of it, there's a modern day historian as a side story filming a documentary on the Arthur, Arthurian legends. Yeah. Um, and he's randomly killed by a knight on a horseback, which triggers a police investigation. And then the two worlds combine into um, this really mad end into the movie. But it's, again, just so quotable, the, the amount of comedy that these guys produced in their first movie, whether it's the um, the knight who has his limbs cut off, and he says, come here, you know, bite your legs off. You've got the... Um, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. You've got the Knights of Knee, who want shrubberies. Um, you've got the, the Bridge of Death, with the questions that leads to your ultimate <laughs> death. 
You've so got the funny. nasty rabbit with the pointy teeth. There's just so many weird, lovable characters in this movie. Every python is on point. Um, yep. You know, brave, brave Sir Robin, who keeps running away from danger. There's <laughs> just so many quotable characters, scenes. Um, it's just an incredible movie. Love it. It's one of the best of all time. Mm. Oh, man. Like, That's so I didn't hard. really I... want to start this with two fucking literally my top ten comedies. Both of these are in is is in the both in there. I, Mate, nearly every one of these films is in my top ten comedies. <laughs> I just I mean like one of literally one of my favourite scenes of all comedies of all time is the the scene where he's running towards the castle and it just keeps cutting back yeah. and it's the same <laughs> and, he's, and he's farts he's just the same little clip over and over again and all of a sudden yeah. he just he's there he's like ha ha and stabs him and like <laughs> the guards are eating oh, aren't they by yeah, the door it's, it's, yeah oh it's so good and makes me laugh every time but Hot Fuzz again just everything in that film makes me laugh and the quote the it modern endlessly, classic yeah oh fuck this is tough this is tough I'm going to see what you two say first before I do any voting. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I've, very nervous. I have no idea where to place it because, again, like, like well, like Stig says, Holy Grail is one of the best, greatest of all time, but also so is Hot Fuzz. Um, I'm potentially say I've maybe watched Hot Fuzz more than Holy Grail, so maybe recency bias comes into it, and I could possibly, yeah, probably go for Hot Fuzz over Holy Grail, but it's a really hard choice. The Holy Grail is It's still out. funny now. Mm. So it's Hot Fuzz, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I'm saying just <laughs> recency bias. He is, is probably Biggie, saying it's bad. You shut up. <laughs> right. Um. Stig, oh. what you should do is you should go for Holy Grail right now and force Oodles to choose. Right, I, Fuck. Right. Off. So I'm gonna go for Holy Grail. Don't you? <laughs> Fuck off. Not because. <laughs> And this isn't anything against Hot Fuzz Candy because I fucking love that film. Mm. But your other film is a lot stronger than Biggie's other film. So that's why I'm not sure that's fair, but okay. (laughs) I won't be, honestly, you know what? I won't be. It's the only way I can do it. It's the only way I can split it. The only way I can split it is looking at your other entries and thinking, like, Biggie's got a fucking massive hitter here, and so have you. But you're, yeah. So. Come on, noodles. Make a choice. I'm going to have to... I've got an answer, and I've got a reasoning for this answer. So, Hot Fuzz is my favourite of that trilogy. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is not my favourite Monty Python film. I think Life of Brian's better. And if you'd have picked Life of Brian, I'd have voted for that, so I'm voting for Hot Fuzz. So yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, that's good reason. I mean, yeah, that's Holy, Gra- Holy Grail is my favorite of the lot. But I think like I, I, I don't know. I like Life of Brian more, but I oh, that was fucking horrible. That I'm, I'm actually good for you, Beggy, because that was <sighs> that was tough. I'm gonna have to write this down oh, because this website's shit, and you can't actually put the <laughs> you can't actually write it. <laughs> So Brilliant. while I do that, while I find a pen, uh, the next lineup is planes, trains, and automobiles versus. This is Spinal Tap. Take it away, Gadget. So, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, is a John Hughes film from 1987 about a long-suffering advertising executive played by Steve Martin who gets kind of stuck into the trip home from hell for Thanksgiving with a shower 
Curtain Ring Salesman. Remember that right? Played by John Candy. Uh, John Candy is- Machine. <laughs> Way, <doesn't> it? <laughs> Episode title there. Candy's um, dad. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's become... It, it's basically... Take it, it was taking the concept of a road trip movie and absolutely sending it up in the worst way possible. And the title is, 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 is in fact, true. They do hit a plane, they hit a train, and they hit automobiles throughout the way. Um, it is, it's a, tip, a very typical odd couple kind of film with Steve Martin playing a very kind of uptight, very just, he wants to get home for Thanksgiving, he's, he's overworked, overwrought, and he's just sick of his life. And John Candy's character is um, more kind of free and easy and just goes with the flow and just, Shit seems to happen to him. Um, it, it, I think it was one of the first kind of one of those comedy films where, certainly for a John Hughes film, the amount of swearing in it is quite prolific. But there is a wonderful scene where they're trying to rent a car, and um, Steve Martin just like I think he says eighteen fucks in one sentence, yes. or <laughs> something like that. So good. Apart- yeah, it's still good, it's but apparently, 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 that was quite the controversial moment at the time. Because <laughs> the amount of swearing in it, I think, I think, considering it didn't get an adults-only rating in the eighties, because things were weird then. Um, oh yeah, there were. <laughs> but it's 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 one of the, it's, it's one of those films. Oh, I think it's one of those things that John Hughes films do really well. Is um, there is a lot of heart in it, especially with mm. kind of John Candy's character. He just wants a friend. He just wants a mate. He's a lonely I guy. Fucking love John Candy, man. Oh, John Candy, love him. It, he's got those sad basset hound eyes, hasn't he? Fucking want to kiss him and yeah. hug him. Oh, I bet, <laughs> I bet he used to give great hugs. Um, <sighs> I will say quite rightly, it, this the reason why I kind of brought this one in there, not just because it's a classic, because it has one of my favourite kind of smash cut uh, uh, slapstick comedy moments. Which, uh, And when you watch it, you'll think, oh, this is where I go right, got a lot of the, the ideas for this kind of stuff from. And it's when uh, they're in the car, at night, they don't have yeah, headlights. I knew this and was coming. The lorries coming the other way, <laughs> and it's just smash cuts between them getting basically going between two lorries. There's kind of sparks going everywhere. It flashes to them. It flashes to the to the other vehicles. It flashes back to them and they're skeletons because they're so scared. And it flashes back to them again normally, and it is just it's wonderful. It's obviously something that took them a like a fucking week to put together just this one shot, but it when you watch it, you're in kinks laughing. Um, or you get the, there's a sequence where they get pulled over after their car's been burnt out, and, oh, and, yeah. uh, and, the, and the officer the officers lean over, and, you know, do you, do you know how fast you were going? He says, well, actually no, sir, because you, as you can see, all 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 uh, all the dials have melted. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pass it off that it's a perfectly safe vehicle to be in with no roof, no speedo, but the radio still works, so they can still get the radio. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, 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 I will stump up for planes, trains, and automobiles. I need to watch it again. It's such a classic. There's a recent 4K version that adds like 70, 70 minutes of extra stuff that they took out. Ooh. Yeah, there is. So there's like an extended Good. edition. Yeah, people say it just adds to the story. It doesn't like doesn't make it drag at all. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Wonderful. All right, Oodles. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah, um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast as one of my all-time favourite films. So this is Spinal Tap, if you don't know, is a rockumentary, um, mockumentary, rockumentary, and it's also known as This is Spinal Tap, a rockumentary by Martin DeBerge. It is a 1984 American mockumentary film co-written and directed by Rob Reiner. The film stars Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Ari Shearer, and a few, well, a few mega-famous people of the time then. Basically, this is Spinal Tap. 
is the first uh, mockumentary. Without This Is Spinal Tap, we wouldn't have the subgenre of comedy of mockumentary. I believe that, and so did um, the American film industry and the Library of Congress, because it was selected for the preservation by the National Film Registry as being credited as launching the mockumentary genre. It is a very important film. It's fucking sensational. The fact that they are riffing and destroying these prog and rock bands of the time. Um, it's If you're into like rock or just the music industry in general, everything they, they go on and the quote about and everything, it's just phenomenal. Like, turn it up to 11. No one knew of that, about that until this is Spinal Tap. They invented that. And, oh, God, the, the fact that one of the greatest TV shows of all time, The Simpsons, constantly quotes this. I mean, it does help that one of the stars is one of the stars of that as well. But <laughs> it's just, I think this is Spinal Tap is so important, a film. Not even just comedy, not even just mockumentary. I think it's such an important thing. It's a milestone. Without it, we wouldn't have what we have today. And, oh, my God, it's so good. I think everyone here has seen it, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Have you watched it with director's commentary? It's so fucking good. No, because I, 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 I only ever saw it on TV. They do it in I character. They do, they do it in character. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> They've released albums from this film. Oh, God. They're even in talks of doing a reunion slash something like 45-minute do you know one of those fake interviews where they're yeah. all older now, blah, blah, blah. I just, I think it's one of those things. It is kind of setting its time because people aren't like that anymore, but back then there were. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? These rock bands were like that. The Stonehenge scene, come on, come on. <laughs> How can you not fucking love that? But yeah, just, oh, when he's talking about his guitars and his amps and stuff and he's never used them and stuff, oh, fuck me. It reminds me of Gadget with his guitars behind him. I use my guitars. At once. There's no no price tags on my guitars. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I I just think it's such an important cultural milestone in cinema. It's... Without it, come on. It's fucking... This is Spinal Tap. It's up there. I mean, it's been voted multiple times as the greatest comedy film of all time. So, do what you will with your votes. I know Planes, Trains and Automobiles is still a fucking banger as well. Absolutely adore both of them, but this is Spinal Tap. Without it, come on, we'd have nothing. There you go. Pitch, baby. We often, yeah. I, I was going to say, we often any rebuttals on anything, or we're just going to go, we're gonna go straight, it's up to you, mate. Straight I don't think it's a debate thing. Yeah, I don't it's to... No, it's not like the biscuits and the beers, is it? No. <laughs> um, who wants to vote first? I'll go. Um... This is another really, really hard one, and I'm, it's, it's all, I'm almost glad that they came at the same, in the same bracket because they do compare quite well in terms of the era they came from. But yep. Planes, Trains and Automobiles, it spawned so many imitations that didn't quite get that magic right. And I'm thinking of a couple of recent ones, and I can't remember the names, but there's the one with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And, Due date. Yeah, and um, was it Tammy with Melissa McCarthy? Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So, this, yeah, the Fuck. very sort of straight-laced person going on a road trip. So, and, and neither of them are quite as good, but at the same time, I relate so much more to Spinal Tap 
any other stone here and I know you said oodles that things don't really happen like that in the music industry I think you know that's a lie it, it very much happens I, I like just that. wanted to cover it up I wanted to cover it up and I didn't want to reveal what happens backstage but well, the secret's yep. out <laughs> it happens it, oh, the it all happens it's so it's much just like so important real life. The film. it's so much like, just, they've got those characters think down of, think of the accents that they do yeah, I thought they were fucking British people at first. It's so funny. <laughs> well, they, they, they so funny. funny. I, I mean, I will say for Spinal Tap, a lot of people thought they were a real band. Like they actually, I did. <laughs> I did. Did you ever st- see the story of This Is Anvil, the actual yes. documentary? I mean, it's yes. not far off. It's no. not. It's not any 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 documentary about a band, even some kind of monster, the Metallica one, is basically this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> Stupid. It's because being in a band is inherently a silly thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's narcissistic. It's <laughs> I think yes. I'm, I'm, and it hurts, but I'm going to go for Spinal Tap. Okay. I'll go next. Uh, for me, it's planes, trains, and automobiles because I don't really like Spinal Tap. Next. Wow. Yes. I find it very. <laughs> I did not laugh much in Spinal Tap. So. Wow. Yep. Over to you, Biggie. Oh, this is easy one for me for two reasons. Um, one, Oodles has already revealed his cards, so I accept that challenge. Um, and it's a fantastic comedy movie for planes, trains, and automobiles. I totally adore Spinal Tap. It's brilliant, very funny. But planes, trains, and automobiles, very similar to Gadget. It's, it's just timeless for me. I love it. I've seen it so many times. Enjoy it every time. Um, just that relationship. You actually sympathise with Steve Martin's character, even though he's a dick, but you feel so sorry for the poor guy with his journey. And John Candy is absolutely just harmless, but clumsy and adorable and mad. And it's just a beautiful movie. Brilliant, really funny, bit of heart. It's got everything you need. The timing of all the moments in the hotel room um, oh just, god it's, yeah. it's, it's, when, it's when Steve Martin walks in the room and sees John Candy lying on the bed already and there's just a look on his face <laughs> <laughs> the reveal of the wallet burning in the car just yeah it's just some fantastic scenes so yeah it's planes, trains and automobiles and I completely agree with everything that Oodle said but that is my favourite this is the moment that Biggie killed England's loudest band listeners <laughs> <laughs> I mean the drummer was probably took away dead the- you already killed off Monty Python, so... Yeah, Big It's your fault. Not mine. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't like it, mate. You were, you were never in the race. Yep. It's not your fault, pal. You're going to take no blame in this. You are innocent. Right, well, Oodles, you need to get your debating head back on because you're up next again. Top of the yep, bracket, yep. 40-year-old virgin. It's going, to, going yep. against Hot Fuzz. Already? Yeah. Hot Fuzz wins. There you go. Move <laughs> <Well> on. <laughs> That's I mean, just the way it came out. We have to we have to do a two we have to do the two the two things to start with and then they fill in the gaps. So Yeah. Done then. We've done. I can well I can Are you gonna talk up your own choice? Go on talk it up because no. I really love Four. Four-year-old virgin's well. nowhere near as good as our force. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking stupid. Oh. Fucking spinal tap on my heavy hitter, mate, and Biggie killed it. <laughs> I mean, let's go around. Let's just go around. Uh, I would have voted Hot Fuzz. Of course you would, because you're not stupid. Yeah, I'd have voted Hot Fuzz. 
I, yeah. I actually don't remember anything other from Forty Year Old Version apart from the chest waxing scene because that goes up on TikTok every five. Minutes. I, I'm the same. Though. I'm the same. And the fact he did uh, it's, it's really the fact he did that like for real as well. Oh, you know that was a real reaction <laughs> as well. Yep, mate. Mm. It's the only Judd Apatow film I recommend to people like thoroughly and like like come on, just watch it. It's fantastic. I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. It's a lot of his others. A lot of other Judd Apatow films like. It's all right. It's, yes, it's funny. But Forty-Year-Old Virgin for me is the peak of him, of him, and he's never at heights ever again. But yeah, Hot Fuzz is better. <laughs> I feel bad for you. I'm going Sorry. home now. <laughs> it's a good day. <laughs> ah, it's been a great night. We've had a good time. Thanks for this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for killing uh, Br- uh, England's loudest bandas again, Biggie. I'll never forget that. <laughs> you check out Monty Python, screaming, mate. Monty Python, Life of Brian's <laughs> better. Take that out. I'll wait for that feedback next week. Life of Brian's better. Yeah, let's have some feedback on uh, what people think on our choices. and Killing Spinal Tap at the first hurdle. Yeah. It took out <laughs> Holy Grail, hello. I do, uh, now that my, all mine are out of the game, I feel at ease now, I'm relaxed, and if you guys want to start suckling up to me to help your <laughs> votes. I mean, Stig's got one that he doesn't even have to suckle up to me because he knows I'm going to pick it. <laughs> Speaking of which... So. What we do in the shadows versus the jerk. That's our next round. I'll go start. <laughs> this is the easiest fucking one ever. What we do in the shadows is a 2014 horror mockumentary <gasps> that stars Jermaine Clement, Taika Waititi, and Johnny Brewer as Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav, who are vampires struggling with the mundane aspects of modern life, like paying rent, keeping up with chores, and tr- <laughs> while trying to get into nightclubs and overcoming flatmate conflicts. Um, this is fucking hilarious. This film, like what what, uh, what Taika and Clement get the names right, I don't, wouldn't it? Uh, have done with this is just they've created a concept so ridiculous, yet that wouldn't have existed without this is Spinal Tap. I will add, yeah, <laughs> it, it's just full of forced energy and and a satiric edge. It, it's smart. The concept is smart. The execution, the structure, everything about it is just so funny from start to finish. I don't think it lets up at any point. Um, most of the film is set within the house, but they occasionally go out to places, but it's usually like really socially, socially awkward. So when they go to a nightclub, they're all dressed up in, they're all kind of get ups from the errors they come from. And keeping in mind, these vampires <laughs> so- are like nearly 200 to 400 years old. One of them's got a Jacobean rough on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then other times like they're having like house meetings to discuss like yeah. chores in the house uh, there's like all you the- haven't done the dishes in two years yeah. <laughs> there's like an assortment of like camera confessionals like one-to-ones where they're talking about stuff like the past lives and housemate conflicts and stuff and uh, like some of the best moments come from that one like my, one of my favourites is just like where Deacon says I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool and then Vladislav says I think of it like this if you're going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such a great my line. Fav- my my favourite my favorite simple thing from that whole film, and I say it every single day in my house, I go, Peter, Peter. <laughs> oh, that's how I wet my kids up every morning. <laughs> Peter, 8,000-year-old vampire who looks like Nosferatu. Nosferatu thing. <laughs> yeah. God, so and and the, bit, the bit where he burns... Uh, with the vampire, where, where he, he gets set on fire and there's a vampire hunter and the police show up because of the have reports of 
noises and screams and stuff. And all the, the vampires, e- even though they can hypnotize the police, they all look so nervous. There's all these w- these nervous looks to the to the camera, and the and they're wandering yeah. around, and the police keep pointing stuff out, going, "Hang on, you've got mold there, mate. What's this? You've got a bit of mold." And yeah, and they look like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> broken through, and it's like, "Yeah, open containers there. You need to put, yep. yeah, you need to put them away." And he's just like, "Oh, there's no smoke alarm." He's like, "Yes, there is. Oh yeah, there there is." It's just like there's like a child <laughs> remaining of a vampire, and a guy in the plush. He's like, "Hang on, who's this?" She's like, "All right, mate, you're all right." And they're like, "Oh, he's just drunk." Just drunk. Because well, you want to get into bed, you don't just leave him on the floor in the basement. I fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this film God. is so funny. That the werewolf interaction is brilliant. Um, there's like a vampire party. That oh, it's like I love. I love that when they bring Stu in as well. He's just a regular human who knows how sets them up with the internet, and this, they start to like. He's good with laptops. Use YouTube and eBay and. <laughs> to start to get into grips with modern technology, like it's so good. Obviously, that it spawned off two successful sequel, like spin-offs TV yeah. shows. As Wellington well. PD, isn't it? Yeah. Is it Wellington PD? It's called? Yeah, and yeah, obviously, really what good. we do in the shadows, the TV show. So, yeah, yeah they're both really good. Incredible film. That, the, the actual thing about that film when they're like all the way through it, that that hinting at the beast, and it's just his ex girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the beast and the and, and and they always like like they do in the TV oh, show that oh, oh. yeah they show like all these old classic images demons and demons and stuff and it just turns out to be his ex girlfriend. <laughs> we, we 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 actually oh, we actually started watching it last night and it, it just is really random. There's loads of shit I'd forgotten about that film. Like I mean the the big one for me the one that always sticks with me is the uh, well werewolves not swearwolves because yeah. I just love yeah. Reese Darby. Yep. Well I, yep. I forget that one of them like. Pretend throws a stick and one of them just runs off down the park. <laughs> yeah, if you look in background on one of the werewolf bit, one of them's having a piss against the tree like a dog. <laughs> the, um, the, the, the other one, it's 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 a throw a throwaway gag from uh, Tyker's character, where, he, where he's, he's talking about Jermaine's character. He says, "Oh, he can he can transform in anything, but he can't get the faces right anymore." And then there's a bit where they're chasing someone through the house. And it just the camera yep. just sweeps across, and it's a cat with Jermaine J- Bennett's uh, yeah. face on. <laughs> and it's just a fucking it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Do you like your biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. Right. So that's mine. Biggie oh. the jerk. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I came late to um, what we do in the shadows, and I love it. I, I totally agree. And, and mine's not going to win. But I wanted to. Pick something different, something a bit out there, a bit of an underdog. So I picked one of, well, basically Steve Martin's very first film called The Jerk. It's a 1979 comedy, so uh, Steve Martin almost has a bit of black in his hair as well. He hasn't gone full Silver Fox at this point. But um, it's just a lovable journey of the character. He's so innocent. Um, Navin R. Johnson is the white adopted son of a black sharecroppers who grow to adult who grows to adulthood naive. Sorry, I start again. Who grows to adulthood naively unaware of his obvious adoption stands out from his family because not just because of his colour, but because he has a complete lack of rhythm. Um, he goes on a, a life learning journey. Um, lots of slapstick comedy, brilliant quotable one-liners. Steve Martin just showing what he can do. Um, it also led on to Man with Two Brains, and then his career just took off after that. Hence, obviously, planes, trains, and automobiles, Roxanne, and so forth. But I, I just love this. It's just silly stuff. The, the quotes in this, where, for example, he wants to get his name in print and he loses his shit when he ends up in the phone book. Yeah. But a random sniper picks his name out of the book 
decides to take him out uh, or try to because he's not a very good shot and ends up shooting the cans where he works at the petrol station and Navy is shouting out saying stay away from the cans he hates these cans as they're all getting pot shotted um, but yeah there's just so many quotes in this movie I think there's a, a great line when he has his girlfriend and she talks about she's crying he goes what's wrong honey and she goes oh I heard a song on the radio and it just reminded me of the, uh, the way we were and he goes what's the name of the song and she goes the way we were <laughs> Um, it's just really silly stuff like that. And it's just innocent, silly comedy. Um, and it's not going to win. But I wanted people to check it out and go and see The Jerk because I don't think a lot of people have even heard of it. I hadn't. I, I actually had to go and watch it. and I have to. I it, watched it. It, it. I think it struggled a bit f- with its age. I also watched it for the first time this week. Mm. There you go. So, so did I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it struggled a bit um, with its age, but there were some standout moments that were funny. I think it's when they were singing on the beach and then she just like whips out a trumpet or something. That bit, <laughs> yeah. that bit got me. Um, There's a lot of silly stuff like that. Yeah, I love, I love the sillier the sillier moments. And when he's like, is he beating up a kid on the uh, model railway as well? Or there's like a train <laughs> chase. So yeah, there were funny moments, but it, was, it wasn't one of my favourites. That's fair enough. And I know it's not going to get voted. Did anyone else like well, it or not? I, I've actually, I, I didn't get a chance it. to see it, so I haven't seen it. So I'm, I'm abstaining on this vote. I watched it bigger this week, and I really loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And I do thank you for uh, introducing me to this film. It's not what we do in the shadows, though, yeah. mate. It's not. It's not. It's not. And I, I really I recommend there, the, man, baby. the man with two brains as well. Is very similar. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. It's not Steve Martin's best, but it's a proper solid 8 out of 10. It's probably the lowest ranked film out of this list, but it's nice that you've introduced me to something completely new. I didn't like That's it. That's how I see it. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. There's a few... I didn't like it. Up, didn't, I, I was surprised when I saw like how well it's received. And I was like, I just borrowed like three or four chuckles. Like I just, yeah, just didn't click with me at all, unfortunately. I had a great, ta- I had a great time with it. What are you voting? <laughs> what we do in the shadows, <laughs> Candy? Stupid. Yeah, shadows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just I'm kind of glad that I went against. If only that came up against this is Spinal Tap. I'm kind of glad that it came against. Yeah, I'd have gone with Spinal Tap against the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even like Spinal I, Tap. I, I didn't expect it to go through at all. I don't know why. I, I just, just I, 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 lo- I really enjoy Steve Martin. I just. I did, I did something just didn't click with me. Maybe I need Out of curiosity as well, when was the last time you watched Spinal Tap? Um, about three years ago, maybe. All oh, right, so it's still. You might not like it ever then if you don't like it now. Never mind. I'll have a look. I'll have a little research now and find out for you while, while uh, Candy tells us all about Anchorman. Oh, I love that. One of my absolute favourites of all time. Um, so it's a 2004 American satirical comedy directed by Adam McKay in his de- directorial debut, produced by Judd Apatow, starring Will Ferrell and Christine Lerapagate and written by Adam McKay and Ferrell. And for me, it's the, the, my favourite Frat Pack film. I've spoken about it many, many times on the pod before. Um, and it also stars like, Steve Carell, um, Paul Rudd, in relatively minor roles. But I just think every scene has something that's so quotable and so funny, like literally scene to scene is actually memorable. And I think like, we've got the glass case of emotion, we've got Baxter being punted, we've got milk was a bad choice. Um, Sex Panther. Sex Panther, Tits McGee. 
Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. I love that bit. I just don't think there's there's one scene in that film and the, the fight with all the other news teams as well. I like the guy that just stacks it straight at the beginning. You've got that aerial view of them all charging towards each other. Somebody's just on the floor. I've got Ben Stiller in it as well. Spanish speaking news. It's got, yeah, so, so I'm many Ron cameos. Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> he will read the <laughs> teleprompter. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know what to say more about this film that just isn't. Banger after banger. The it's thing is, I used that's to start... That's I used the one where Jack Black kicks the dog off the yeah. bridge. Yeah, Baxter's being punted. I, I used to start this podcast every fucking time before we went live. I used to go, the human torch was denied a bank loan. That used to get me into the mode. <laughs> 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 we need to speak the second one. <clears throat> there isn't a second one. There isn't a second one. There's a, there's, there's a 1.5, though, which is good. But yeah, that's true. Basically a different mm. film. Yes. That's a good film. Yeah, I don't think I need to say any more about it because Anchorman. Anchorman. That is the definition of a modern classic. Yeah. That's going against planes, trains and automobiles. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, add to your side, Gadget? Nope. I'm I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with the arguments that I've made. I still feel planes, trains and automobiles is a superior film to Anchorman. Not that Anchorman's a bad film. What do you think, Biggie? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that uh, Steve Martin movie is going to go through, and um, yeah, I would have picked it myself if I, I knew Gadget was taking it. So I'm happy that that's the so yeah, planes for me. I, I I'd sometimes in this situation, I like to think, what film would I want to watch right now? And that would be Anchorman. Shit. I like them both. I like them both. I like them both so much. Why did I let him go first? Why did I let him go first? I like them both so fucking much. Like, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, one of my favourite Sunday afternoon films of all time. You know, when you've had your dinner, you just fucking... You sat on the sofa, you're watching it. Kids can watch it, kind of. (laughs) My wife watches it. But Anchorman, fuck. I've dined out on some of the jokes in that film for years. And I feel a bit like an anchor man sometimes on this show. I mean, Biggie, you are an anchor man. You do the news. <laughs> I think anchor man. I think anchor man. I'd rather watch that now. That's how I sometimes get. Again, gadget. I fucking love that film. I know. But Fine. if I were to put Netflix on now and they both popped up, I'd watch anchor man first. So yeah, that's getting my. You know what? I'm going to use that same argument. Hmm. And that will go with planes, trains, and automobiles. For that yeah. I'm sorry, that's how, I love that's Sometimes how you've got to do Anchorman, it. But I think if in any mood, I would. I think I just. Yeah. that's how you've got to do it. Sometimes, pal, you got to think, what would I watch yeah. now? If you'd have asked me this after me dinner on a Sunday, I mean, I had my dinner ages ago. I know it's a Sunday now, but yeah, I might have picked that. But yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, sorry, I I, I hate this because it's all, <laughs> when it's too. Ones that you love next to each other. It's like, yeah. oh. Yep. Yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, 2017 Noodles was when I watched This Is Spinal Tap. Just checked on that box. Yes. Watch it again. Watch it again. Maybe I will. Watch it again. Right. And then best in, watch Best in Show after that as well. So oh, yeah, the cool. last the last one in the quarterfinals is Office Space versus In Bruges. So Gadget. Why uh, is Office Space in here? So Office Space is a film that's very close to my heart. It's one of my favourite films of all time. I know it probably won't get past this phase, but I'm going to go for it anyway. So it's a 
It's a it's a in, in, independent American film from 1999, uh, written and directed by Mike Judge, who uh, is responsible for Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill and stuff like that. And it's San Julio. Yeah, but it's not to do with that one. Uh, it satirizes the work life of a typical 1990s software company. And as I am a software developer, it, it sits close in my heart because it's fucking like that. Um, story follows um, uh, Peter Gibbons, who is played by Ron Livingston. Uh, he's an unmotivated uh, programmer who works at a company called Inatech. It never actually tells you what Inatech actually do. but um, it's- I'm sure they innovate technology. I think probably, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Him and his fellow programmers are basically under the cosh of overblown middle management. They all have seven or eight different bosses who come up and ask them for the same thing repeatedly, kind of constantly wasting their time. And they're in just this kind of horrible drag of existence. They don't like what they do, quite frankly. Uh, And the story goes on with them trying to basically try and find something in their life, um, trying to find like improvements. uh, Like uh, Peter meets... uh, Oh, I can't remember the character's name, but it uh, uh, meets a last played by Jennifer Aniston, one of her first film roles out of Friends. Um, and he kind of starts, you know, starts, you know, trying to pursue her and, and trying to find a bit of happiness that way. At the same time, they decide to entirely defraud the company by stealing money from them, which then fucks up, fucks up, and everything just goes a bit chaotic in the end. Uh, but it, yeah, like I say, it's a film close to my heart because I, it's one, a comedy that I've loved since I first saw it. But then ended up working in IT, and it's like, yeah, this is the, this is how software works. Um, it rest of the cast. I'm, I know I'm not really talking this up much because I, it's one of those films that once you, when you see it, it's just like you'll understand why I enjoy it. Uh, Gary Cole plays Bill Lumberg, who is the overall manager, and you'll, mm-hmm. you've seen countless memes of him come up. Okay, yeah, it'd be nice if you were coming on a <laughs> the Saturday on. with the with the big thick glasses on, the big uh, yeah. world uh, boss cup and stuff like that. Um, it's the it's, first it, time I saw Diedrich Bader as well. Yeah, Diedrich Bader's in it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Love a that um, man. it's a very memed film. Like the, the, there is a running gag throughout it where the printer never works. Because printers are sent from sent from Satan to test us all, uh, and a very famous scene where when two of them get made redundant from Inatech, they steal the printer and beat it the shit out of it with baseball bats. They do all all to the tune of "Doesn't it feel good to be a gangster?" Yep, <laughs> it's great. Did the uh, parried it and Family Guy didn't they with the bird yes. is the word record? They did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, and the thing is, at the time, it was a failure. It had a budget of ten million, and it took twelve million at the box office. But it's one of those. It became a cult hit when it started getting kind of repeated airings on Comedy Central and kind of VHS and DVD sales of it. Kind of kept it going, uh, and it's 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 a firm favorite now, uh, especially again for anyone who works in tech. It's a good film, great film, excellent. Right in Bruges, so in Bruges is a two thousand eight black comedy drama crime film uh it's written and directed by matt and mcdonough uh, it's about two uh irish hitman rib played by colin farrell and ken brendan gleason who are told by their boss harry played by ralph fines to lay low in bruges because of a hit gone wrong and Ray absolutely hates being there um what i love boring about this film <laughs> is it's about as good as a black comedy gets uh, sharp, witty script, chock full of dialogue. It's cynical. It's funny. The performances from both Farrell and Gleason are excellent. They have wonderful chemistry with each other. Like the 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 perfect yin and yang to each other. 
and finds as their Cockney gangster boss is just mm-hmm. ridiculously hammy. Um, I remember the first time I watched this, I um, came to it late. I, I remember watching it after I'd seen three billboards. And really? So, that late? Yeah. I don't know why. Because I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, oh, that looks funny. But then I just never watched I it. I went to the cinema to see it. But I watched it. When I first watched it, I fucking loved it. I, I laughed out loud several times in the first 10 minutes. I rewatched it again this week and I did again did the same, even though I knew the jokes were coming. The, the Americans going up the tower scene never <laughs> fails to make me laugh. There's not um, much space up there, is there? No, the whole film is full of <laughs> quotable lines and conversations and moments. Like obviously the Americans and the payoff line about um, an American having a heart attack near the end of the film. Uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, Harry's cunt kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tree- <laughs> that conversation is so good. <laughs> it's like you're a cunt. You've always been a cunt. It's like yep. and the only thing that's going to change is that you're going to end up being an even bigger cunt. Maybe you'll have some more cunt kids. It's like you leave my fucking kids out of this. What have they ever done? You would chuck that bit about my can't fucking kids. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Uh, the punching out the couple in the restaurant where he just probably punches the woman in the face. Uh, two monkey hookers and a racist dwarf, which then leads to Ray karate chopping the dwarf as he leaves the room. Uh, oh, it's just so good. And that, and, and uh, when uh, Harry's on the phone to Ken and he's, his missus just like, he smashes the phone. She's like, it's an inanimate object. He's like, you're a fucking inanimate fucking object. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> He's so angry, but he just, he proper puts on that Cockney gangster voice and it's, it's so funny. It, it, yeah. it's nice to say Ray Fiennes doing a rule like that as well. Yes. Such a serious yeah. and reserved actor playing a fucking unhinged Cockney lunatic is amazing. Yeah. You could tell he really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even like, they managed to turn this film because it's, it's very bleak and dark in places. I've forgotten how like, serious it is in bits but they even managed to turn the scenes where Ray's about to kill himself into like something funny and like just because of the dialogue and the delivery and like the mundane conversation that Ken and Harry have about Bruges and he's like oh I'm happy that he's enjoying himself it's it's a really boring conversation but it's really funny just because of the way the two deliver it um so yeah it's really dark and bleak at times but the comedy shines through and that's why I love it as a comedy so much uh it feels like a foul mouth riff on Laurel and Hardy. It's just, it's so good. So, yeah. And it, it won Best Original Screenplay BAFTA, nominated for an Oscar. What can you say? <laughs> I think I probably would have benefited from seeing um, Office Space more recently. Because I haven't seen it in probably about 10 years. But I remember at the time thinking it was a little bit dry. It took me a, t- a couple of times to get into. And I watched In Bruges recently and it was so fucking funny. Although it does, like you said, it gets dark in places. And it's like, there are some serious tones to it. But I think I'm going to go with In Bruges. And again, it's another, it's another one that hurts. Because I do like, what, like when it came around, I do like Office Space. But off the bat, it wasn't, it wasn't really for me. Yeah, I'm I'm very similar, exactly the same. Um, I have fond memories of In Bruges and Office Space. I do remember watching that and enjoying that, and finding the, again the dry humour very funny. But yeah, there's something about In Bruges. It's, it's just that relationship between the two hitmen is just so good. And yeah, definitely gets my vote In Bruges. Yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to argue with, with with that. In Bruges is fucking brilliant. You watched a new one recently this week as well, didn't you, Gadget? 
you watch the Banshees of Inisherin? No, Pip did. I did. I, I was doing D and D. Watch time. it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, watch, watch that. Yeah. I will watch, watch it at it. some point. Yes. Yeah. Watch it. Well, it doesn't matter now. But Oodles, what would your vote be? They both have proper like loving memories in my life. Both of these films. I watched Office Space in a hostel in China <laughs> for the first time, <laughs> and it's got really good like memories for me, lasting memories for me. And I watched In Bruges in a cinema on my last leg of my world tour in America in where was it it was in Chicago in a cinema and it was the first American cinema experience that no one whooped and hollered <laughs> so I thought this must be good because <laughs> no one's whooping or hollering um, <clears throat> I would have voted for in Bruges personally I love them both they both got proper memories in my and I think Martin McDonough's one of a favourite current directors at the moment. I think everything he touches is gold. So I might judge. I love Beavis and Butthead and stuff like that and King of the Hill and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, in Bruges. I had to pick that anyway. So yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I, say, I, 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 I knew that it wasn't going to go forward. I just wanted to get it out there. Cause Mate, it's a, great it's a film. fucking great film. If people yeah, are listening to this it. have never watched it, watch it. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It is on Prime. Um, right, so that leaves our semi-final. First up, Hot Fuzz versus what we do in the shadows. Fuck. <laughs> uh, hot Fuzz. This is the hard one. This is the hard one. Mm. Hot, one for hot, well, we have two for Hot Fuzz. What, what we do what in we the, do shadows. the shadows. <laughs> oh, two for what we do in the shadows. So it's up to you, Biggie. No, it's deadlock, isn't it? What we do in the shadows. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Can- Candy, we've been betrayed. Oh, Biggie. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I like Hot Fuzz, but yeah, what we do in the shadows is... It's because it's knocked, it's it's it knocked out. Different level. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's it's a, this isn't right. a good look, Mickey. <laughs> Takes these to art, doesn't it? Uh, you will rue the day. <laughs> <laughs> Planes, trains and automobile versus in Bruges. Planes. In Bruges. Planes. In Bruges. Ooh. That means I've got... That's it. It's me in the final. So it's all up to you, you four. Fuck oh. off. Yeah. You four no choose. Way. You four choose, and then I'll decide which one I think's better. <laughs> unless it's like <laughs> three and what? Unless, unless it's three and two. If it's a deadlock, I'll decide. Mate, so the best comedy final film of all we... time. I said this. I said this to you other week. You've picked the winner. <laughs> and you did pick the winner. You've picked what we do in the shadows. It is my most watched film of all time. I've watched this film 20 times. Easy. Easily. I watch it every other month. I think it's flawless. And I, if you'd not picked it, I would have picked it. I'm going to counter that and I'm going to go in Bruges because only because I actually find the TV series What We Do in the Shadows better than the film. No, it's not. I, I find it is. I think I prefer the characters in the TV series to the film. The film is, don't get me wrong, is amazing, but I prefer the TV series, so I'm going with in Bruges. The TV series is so good. It's, it, it, it's the Matt Berry factor. It, Matt Berry just overrides everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man with every fibre of my being. <laughs> got Reese Darby in the film, though. You do, but he's only a, he's only a walk-on. Like If he had a bigger part, maybe. Biggie? It's what we do. I saw um, the Jackie Daytona episode, funny enough, yesterday. Um, <laughs> so I know that's good. the t- I know that's the TV series. Human but, bartender? Yeah, just... 
it was, that movie was just, yeah, set that all up. It's brilliant. It's the best comedy film of all time, mate. Are you going to put me in deadlock, Candy? I'm going to go with what we do in the shadows. Yeah, because you're not insane. Because I'm not insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have gone with I'm what we do in the shadows. I'm not insane. My mother had me tested. <laughs> I, I do love In Bruges, and I watched it this week again and laughed a lot but when it comes down to pure comedy this is a pure comedy from start to finish so I it's think just the, it's the best comedy film when you put that down before I did I said you've won you've won this <laughs> that was just it the look of the spin sometimes it is oh yeah. Yeah. yeah do the spin and it's like right who goes first or who gets to go before someone else yeah absolutely. fucking right well, that's it what we do in the shadows is modern escapism's official best ever comedy. No, not just modern escapism, the world's world, official. The world. I'm sure we'll get a lot of shit back for it. And there's ones that we missed. Like, I know that Punk's going to come at us for not putting the Blues Brothers in there. Oh, Naughty <laughs> Professor and the Clumps. <laughs> <laughs> Blues Brothers would be the third on my list, actually. Because oh, you, you, you got Hot Fuzz and you got Monty Python. Mm. Yeah. It's in the top ten Blues Brothers, but it's not in the top five. So yeah, what we're doing the shows, we all happy with that? I I think that's a pretty decent one. Fucking absolutely! I've never been happier. Have I told you? What did I tell you? You've won it, and you did. I've won three now. Well done, (laughs) well done. (laughs) Not that you're counting, (laughs) mate. I were happy just winning the one. I'm happy. I'll always, I'll always have that. I'll always have that. No, I put Guinness in, and we won. Guinness boys won. Excellent. So, officially, what we do in the shadows is the greatest comedy movie of all time. If you've not watched it and you've listened to this, you are a fucking idiot and you need to watch it. <laughs> watch to be honest, to be honest, every single one of these films I've really enjoyed thoroughly. Even like The Jerk, I watched that first time this week. Really enjoyed it. I know Stig didn't. But, I mean, it's a shame Spinal Tap didn't get past the preliminaries. What a fucking weird group of people I've decided to do a podcast with idiots (laughs) but yeah as always guys links to all our extracurricular activities are in the show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk and please consider becoming a patron to help support our endeavour and please 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 give us a five star review next week is the start of the month of uh, love baby so if you're feeling extra sexy and loved or want general advice on love, next month is not for you because we're not going to give you any advice on love. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to be talking about love. Don't forget, it's Valentine's Day, guys. If you've got a significant other or you fancy someone and you want to let them know, it's Valentine's Day. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great month. Check out the website for the plans of what we're going to be talking about. I can't wait. So... If you are not a patron, this is the end of the show. We couldn't turn it up to 11 because they kicked it out. But that's what I said at the end. So if you are a patron, meet us in the green room with Spinal Tap, England's loudest band. If you're not, good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.
It's all shit from here. Okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> 